times? Oh, you mean DocCon? DocCon? That's what he calls it. <laughs> the face of Twitch. Yeah. Come on. I think we're recording. We are definitely recording. Hello and welcome <laughs> to Rebel FM episode 351. Yep. <sighs> Bam! I thought it was 352, actually. <laughs> Hilariously, while you were the one that fucks up the episode number in the show, last week I fucked up the episode number in the album art. Really? Ah, nice. I'm Anthony Gallegos, and the person that fucked up the album art is Arthur Geese. It's true. Because <laughs> Arthur is the only one that does anything on this show other than sit and eat other people's food. If you go yeah. back and uh, look at the past episode arts, the ones you find that look really terrible, those are ones I made. <laughs> I edited and posted those episodes because it's like MS Paint numbered in over <laughs> over some type of video game picture I found. It's like a poor man's version of Arthur. What Arthur? It's like if you went to Afghanistan and saw the knockoff Rebel FM on the street, <laughs> it would look like the cover art I make compared to the real deal Arthur makes. <laughs> Joining us also is Mesh Anderney. Hello. I've offered to help you with the show post-production several times. And also uh, experience of post-production, James Faulkner. I've never offered to do it because I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, also, yeah, Matt, tell me about all the free time you have. Oh, loads. Loads. And lo- How do you think You're I'm able to talk sure about video games? you'd be able to be on the show this week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, this is a show about video games. Question mark? <laughs> I started reading the new Wander Files book. How's that? It's good. Bob is back. Oh, good. Don't know what Laundry Files is. Me either. Uh, it's the series about the British intelligence agency that is... Uh, math is magic. Math is magic, and the world is has a thin veil between here and dimensions full of Lovecraftian horrors. I see. Well, cool. I, that actually sounds kind of cool. Yeah, I've still like been reading fun. that Bartimaeus series my fiance turned me on to, and I've also been reading A Certain Point of View. That new Star Wars book that came out. Which With is cool. stories by... Did Mitch get a story in there? No. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, <God>. No. <laughs> Griffin did. That's not how I meant. Yeah, but I was like, fucking Griffin. Why? Why? I like... I know not much about Griffin. Griffin is a well-known dungeon master, motherfucker. But I was like... But I was a little bit like, why does he have a story in here? Who, like, Griffin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he loves the Star Wars. <laughs> I love the Star Wars, writer. and I've written for StarWars.com. But I've ne- but I'm wondering if my assumption about Griffin was that he must have written other fiction that I've never heard of. Yeah, I mean he I think he's the DM for the McElroy's RPG podcast. Okay. No, no, no. I, I just I just huge. assumed that to get into a book like that I would assume you've published fiction. That's what um, I assumed. So I just assumed that Griffin has fiction out there I've never read. Also, all. true story, at Polygon, Phil and I's favorite assignments to get back were always Griffin's because they were always perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Least uh-huh. editing of any edit, of any writer I've ever worked with, including myself. I don't mean to make it sound if I did it all incredulously a story in there because I read a story and it's actually one of the better ones. So, nice. it's a really weird book. I'll say this hmm. in case you're not familiar with it. It's a bunch of like it's, it's like an 40, anthology, forty short stories. Hmm. It's all the proceeds are for charity. Like no one got paid to do it. Griffin didn't get any money or anything like that. Gary Witta didn't get any money. Gary Witta, writer of Rogue One, hmm. his story is actually the opening story. Cool. And the the format of the book is really weird because it is short stories. And if you've ever read any of the old anthologies like Tales from Jabba's Palace, they just skip around. They're about whichever fucking character someone wanted to write about that happened to be in Jabba's Palace. This is a narrative that takes place chronologically from throughout episode four. So the opening opens up with this guy, the captain of the ship that that you see at the very beginning of episode four, the the blockade runner running. It's hmm. about that captain leading up into the moment he meets Darth Vader 
and you can guess Which how goes that goes. Poorly for him. Yes, because he's literally <laughs> he's the guy. Well, he's the guy being choked by Darth Vader. It's like ah, and he's like, if this is a you know a diplomatic ship, where's the consular and choking him to death? So yes, obviously you already know it's not going to go poorly for him. Not going to go well. Not going to go well. Yeah, but I'm saying that then the next book picks up and it's a stormtrooper boarding the ship Whoa. to look for stuff. Oh, so is it all taking and place then, on the ship? No, and then the next story is about a guy filling out paperwork of why he decided not to fire on the escape pod because it had no life signs in it. <laughs> and, and, and because he let the droid slip by. Oh, and that's the next, so good. The next story is about the sand crawlers. The, the sand crawler with the Jawas that find the droids. Dude, this is, so this it's, is literally a, ju- it's a bunch of anthology stories yeah. that go from person that just kind of go through the movie hmm. indirectly. This is exactly like what I said where it was like, I want to write a short story about like the person or persons who restock the island every time between PUBG matches. <laughs> yeah. Like it's their job to just drive around placing guns and ammo everywhere. So um, yeah. Let's do it. Well, with all that free time. Yeah. So but it's, yeah, it's definitely like I said, one if I that, if that interests you, it's, it's really, you know, it's weird. It's a, you, it's a weird take on a book, you know, like, like I said, it goes through the movie kind of scene for scene, but not directly. It's weird. Anyways, <laughs> video games, they exist. Speaking of Star Wars, I played Mitch Dyer's Battlefront 2. Um, How is Mitch Dyer's Battlefront 2? Yeah, no, uh, Mitch it, Dyer's it, it, own like weird cursive. It's sort of writing. like American McGee's Alice. <laughs> yeah, MDBF2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MD. Anti SJW and misogynist. Uh, in case you need, in case you need to, uh, in case there needs to be any disclosure, Mitch Dyer obviously is a close friend of ours. Worked on our show. Yeah, he's a long former time. host on this podcast. So take everything I say how you will. Okay, well, he didn't work for the show. He didn't do a goddamn bit of work on the show. He was on the show. He was a host. He ate my. He ate my food. Yeah, and, and then uh, and then James killed him and took his place. And in the past, no, I've done him. in the past I've done paid work for EA, so take that how you will too. So whatever. <laughs> uh, but this game so far, they only they only put out one map, like mm-hmm. a Naboo thing, and then you can do Starfighter and stuff like that. It's it's the it's N- Naboo cap- capitals. Yeah, it sure is Theed or whatever. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, or I say, whatever. I say Theed. Like, yeah, I was, don't know exactly <laughs> what it is. It's Theed. But, <laughs> Um, What's the population of Thede? Oh, fuck if I know. But I was surprised when the level opens up, you see a bunch of civilians that they put in the map. I was like, that's kind of neat. Can you shoot them? Uh, I don't know, but I did chase them because I wanted to see where they went. So... Um, Where'd they go? Is that game designer Anthony? Do you think, or is that just yeah. a sociopath in a video game? <laughs> no, 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 it was it was me wanting to see at what point do they put in something that despawns I can't follow them, them or yeah. how do they despawn? Can I actually see them despawn? How much yeah. time do they put in? I wanted to see that, and they run. They do the battlefield thing of they run to a spot where now you're out of bounds and it's going to count down and kill you. Right. So, um, but yeah, that game is uh, definitely more Battlefront. It, it is. Uh, to be fair, this is not any of the stuff. Well. Mitch may have it's been involved any of the story tangentially, content, right? but yeah, it's not story content. It's just multiplayer. This yeah. was, and this was at this was the same level that was at E three in the same mode. Ah, okay. Well, I, so it sounds like technically speaking, it's considerably farther along yes. from based on what Digital Foundry and others have sort of grokked. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, the original one. I think it's weird. This one to me doesn't look as pretty. And I think that if I went back and looked at Battlefield Front, it's not that it's not pretty. Mm. It's that Battlefront 1, when I saw it, was like, holy fuck, I can't believe they actually achieved the fidelity yeah. that they did. Mm. That now I see it, and I'm like, all right. Uh, playing it at, three, at E3, like, on those maxed out PCs, was just like, like, it just hits you in the face with how, like, technically impressive it was. It is. I, I think, uh, I just, like I said, I think, you know what it might be, is that that the environment with all the city and buildings, 
I don't think that that's as impressive looking as when you see the indoors and stuff like that. Or even the hops. Or even Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, just like the desert rock and stuff. Like, their rocks, stupid as it sounds, their just, rocks look really goddamn good. I yeah. really like how warm everything looks. Like, it doesn't feel sterile yeah. right. in the way that a lot of other sort of, even Star Wars games have. Like, just the way that the lighting works there, and the materials. There, yeah, works. there's like leaves blowing around, like off the trees and everything. It's like, just like a, it's there. It's the physically based rendering stuff, which like makes it. It is a graphics technology that sort of allows them to more, more, more believably simulate the way that materials work, like metal and wood and stuff like that. Um, I'm getting like weird feedback here on my mic, so I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, and photogrammetry, mm-hmm. which is where they make all their props and shit by taking pictures of fucking right, Star which, Wars shit. Which, which is why also <laughs> their rocks and stuff, because they had photos from the deserts that these Tatooine and stuff was filmed at, like, the rocks look really goddamn good. It really doesn't have a feel. So, uh... Bleh, there we go. Um, it's a, you know, it's, it's cool, like, maybe for me... I, you know, I feel like they're trying to win over old Battlefront fans in a way with this. A little bit more. And, and I say that because the level they chose to do for ground combat was clone troopers versus fucking droids. battle droids. And that's something that was very iconic in the old Battlefront games because they so were focused on the Clone War stuff because yeah. that's yeah. what the movies were doing. And right. that, that was like the map I remember from exactly. those. Like, and since yeah. I was not an old Battlefront person, I was a little bit like, ah, droids. Like when, when I got to play on another level uh, and I got to play as First Order guys, actually, that was cooler to me. There was another level. Yeah. I can't think of what it was. Yeah, so the, it was one map per mode, and there were like three modes. It right, was like right, a right. team, team oh, deathmatch. Oh, right, the team deathmatch you got to play as First Order yeah. and, Re- and Rebel Soldiers. Yeah, and you were playing outside of Maz Kanata's castle. And that's cool. And actually, cool to like walk through the castle before it's destroyed and like, oh, fuck, that's where Han Solo was sitting down with her. Oh, that's neat. Uh-huh. Like, there's that ability to nerd out over those mm-hmm. new scenes a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's still Battlefront like it take it or leave it i know that game's been getting some flack about its loot box system. it's progression not just the lo- it's the the idea that the progression is tied explicitly to loot boxes right right so people have been kind of critiquing it because Which uh loot boxes like evolution of you, battlefield one you can buy actually. loot boxes and do get things like 50 health returned when you kill someone and that's like a thing was, you can get out of a loot box yeah it was le- i think it was less can uh, you buy loot boxes? Are you going to be able to buy loot boxes at launch, or is that something that they're adding in later? This, I think there's been some lack of clarity. I've not done the research, mind you, because uh, I don't really give a fuck that much to do the research. <laughs> um, yes, Sam. But I understand if like people... like Right now, loot boxes are obviously a super sensitive thing for a lot of people. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent. And so, you know, I I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be able to buy them at lunch or if it's going to be one of the things you just I think they posted earn. something today that they're listening to the community and sort of like paying attention to That's what I mean. That. I bet you that's like why I wasn't ready to like go one way or the other because as much as like betas are often not betas, I guarantee you their monetization plan will change based on the way people feel about right. it. So well, if there's one thing you will change, it will be that. Sell <laughs> so many goddamn copies. Oh, yeah. Like that so game's going to do just fine for itself. Like, I'll probably buy a copy of it, unless you want to give me one, Mitch. Um, <laughs> give all I'm of us sure one, that you, you know people bitch. in the industry that would be more than happy to provide you with a code. I think you vastly overestimate the humans I know anymore. <laughs> you, I, I know some of the same people. Yeah, I don't really know that many people anymore. A lot of my people's all moved on. 
So they died. Yeah, they've uh, <laughs> they're at the clearing thing of the path. Um, they moved on from this mortal coil. Speaking Plus, of turn into a fucking Robert Frost poem. Speaking of uh, <laughs> Star Wars, everyone got their tickets. I did. Oh, I didn't. Nope. But I'm sure I still can. The Alameda movie theater is got usually got showings, no problem. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to be here. The Alameda movie theater where you can see. Like, in the Bay Area or on Earth? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've actually finally finished my uh, gate to an alternate dimension, and I'm oh. stepping through on. I no, he's like literally halfway through the through the portal right now. It's real weird. <laughs> um, yeah, the Alameda movie. See series. you later. A fantastic place if you live in the Bay Area. You should try and see a movie there at some point. It's great. They have a guy who does magic shows and jokes <laughs> that are really inappropriate to say in front of children, but they probably go over their head. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, it's a great little experience. And for Star Wars especially, they go all out. They even oh, nice. like dress up the lobby and stuff with like homemade props. <laughs> oh, some of which are pretty good, some of which are like, ooh. <laughs> so. But it's still part of the charm. It is part yeah. of the charm. It feels like, it is like a theater you go to, like one of the last ones, especially the bear you can go to, that feels like uniquely like like home like, yeah, well, like yeah. yeah, it feels it's not like a locally owned business, part yeah, of the not, community. It's, it's not corporate, yeah. yeah. So... You, you can get some of that at the draft house because, like, they have like a, a rental, like, place where you could rent like DVDs in the front of it. Totally, like, I get the draft house goes for that vibe a little bit as well. But it, but it is like they have thirty of them at this point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is still just like a local yeah. thing. But with you like, know, like if the, and if you live in Alameda, you're like, oh, I know what the show's gonna open. Like all the weekend shows open up with this dude in a cowboy hat who sings songs and gets everyone pumped to see a movie. It's fucking. <laughs> it's, That's like such a, a Bay Area thing right now yeah, too. So like good. lots of theaters just have something. Like the Grand Lake has the organ mm. dude. It also has this couple who like come across as like some fucking swinging couple that literally before even the guy with the guitar gets on stage, they're just up there banging bongos for like 20 minutes no talk I, just before you bongos. got the bongos i was really afraid of what you were gonna say <laughs> no nah, that you just look at them though and you're like you guys were <laughs> up to some weird shit when you were young <laughs> now they're just like you know, know that's hippies weird shit now the, the, the oh, country theater so ha- has like an organist that plays but yeah, yeah yeah there's still that vibe yeah. and definitely other places as well they do like sing-alongs occasionally where is this castro theater oh yeah because um, well, that's the thing right is that you have the ability to have very, very nice home theaters with Blech. large TVs and good sound systems and stuff like that. So if you're going to go out to a theater, yes, the screen is bigger. Maybe the sound system is better. Uh, but, you know, the the average movie experience where you go to an AMC or something like that is so fraught with bullshit that it, it leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth half the time I... you go there. So a lot of these theaters are adding in, you know, just uh, especially the local ones, um, they're just trying to add something onto it to give you a community experience that you just can't leave. You literally cannot get in your living room. I don't have these experiences that you're talking about. Like, like going to like a standard Edwards or AMC or something like that. Yeah. I, I go to a Regal and yeah. stuff is fine. It's they've, fine. They've gotten better over the years. It used to be a lot worse, but I still don't like sitting in front of a movie and watching ads for half an hour on like some you know, well, looping reel before see, I see a movie. See, but that's the thing that like a lot of them have switched from the free-for-all seating yeah. to the reserve seating. So now you really just don't have to show up until right, like, a lot yeah. of them as it begins. Alameda doesn't have the reserve seating, but... Right. Yeah. And they, you know, they put recliners Weird. in a bunch of the seats sure. at the one at yeah. the Metreon, you know, so like they're, they're doing things to entice people because they realize that the experience went too far totally. into unenjoyable. Yeah, but I, I still enjoy like seeing stuff in theater like 
there is no way I want to experience Blade Runner 2049 except for in a theater again. Oh, yeah. I, I still want to see it. I will want to watch that in hdr wait right on on your tv it makes sense but see, like yeah I, I guess i very rarely have movies that i want to see in a movie theater anymore the only reason i even do star wars and stuff is just because it's now a tradition with certain and yeah. you don't want to wait six months to yeah. go see it yeah <laughs> you are not physically capable of waiting six yeah months. i was like i'm not gonna watch that new trailer and then the next day i came home and it come out and i went to my fiance and i was like come here <laughs> let's watch this trailer i I, I I love going to the movie theater, like because I'm one. I'm not supposed to check my phone, so mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it is a reprieve. Yeah, oh, it definitely. is a place to not be bothered. Uh, I don't know. I go to a theater where it's never full, uh, and I'm kind of amazed that that theater is still open. <laughs> but honestly, they're the theater where certain movies where you're like, why would that movie ever be out in a theater? Like that's where those movies do well. Yeah. Um, yep. And. I mean, I have a fantastic movie watching setup here, obviously, but it's not, it's just not the same. It's not. um, I mean, I love movies and I love movie theaters. It's just now that I've been spoiled with a few better experiences after being, after getting frustrated with the, you know, the commercial line of movie theaters for so long. Uh, it's it's been really nice to be in an area where I could experience something different and that they've now gone back to those you know, those better, smaller, more independent experiences have influenced the larger chains into changing their ways, too. I want my it's, movie it's experiences to be kind of weird. Like, that's, like, why <laughs> like sometimes I'll be like, uh, I want to go outside and I will, I'll watch, I'll choose to watch, like, I watched Rock's movie, that Central Intelligence movie, actually. I also is, saw that in theaters. Which is actually not terrible. It's fine. I was a little underwhelmed by it, to be totally Underwhelmed, honest. but it had some good jokes. And yes. It had some good I, little slapstick I in it. And I, mean, I see a lot of movies in the theater, including bad ones. But we so. but but we watched that with Arthur's projector on my garage door, where it was slightly distorted because the sheet was blowing in the wind. <laughs> but it was still like a fun movie experience yeah. to do because we're because of the novelty yeah. of doing it outside. Yeah, you know. Um, anyways, video games. In fact, I think I'm going to go see a movie tonight because my class got canceled tomorrow. So today is Friday for me. Sweet movies. What is that noise? It's a jet. I don't know. Or a vacuum. A really good vacuum. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, the Foreigner comes out this week, which I want to see. Oh, yeah. That's the Jackie Chan I was one. not interested in that until I was like, oh, this is like a serious Jackie Chan movie. All yeah, right. it's it's Jackie Chan as Liam Neeson yeah. in The Foreigner. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and Pierce Brosnan is in it? Yeah. I don't care about it. As the bad guy? Yeah. It's fucking James Bond as the bad guy. <laughs> Jackie Chan was at IGN's office. I saw that. It was, it was real weird. What is going on? It's, I have it's, no it's, idea what that noise is. It's like they decided to do construction at 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> God damn it. No, I'm I'm familiar with the sound of construction because they're building fucking but it, something. Ac- actually, Matt's right now that I've heard the sound and heard the way that it changes tone. It's someone using a, uh, what's it called? The type of saw where you push wood through. Table saw. Table saw. It's a table saw. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> So, anyways, anyways, I uh, can't sleep past seven in this fucking apartment during the week because there's goddamn construction. It's starting or, at six forty-five. Or someone could be stealing copper out of the building. That's true too. There's yeah. like hardcore security oh, okay. at that thing, <laughs> like hardcore to the point where it goes off fairly often. <laughs> um, so video, video games, games. What other games? Oh, Shadow War came out. Yeah, oh, that, that game seems came like out. The big one this yep. week. How angry are you about loot boxes, Anthony? So far in Shadow of War, it has been zero problem. It's been a bigger problem that so much loot drops 
that I have a hard time gathering it because I'm in the middle of fighting so many guys. <laughs> so that's why one of the first upgrades you should take is the one that you just auto pick up loot by running by it rather than having to stop and do a channel spell to pick it up. Oh, God, that'd um, be annoying. Well, I think they do that just because they don't want it to be like you can just run and pick up loot in the middle of a fight naturally. Just spam it. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, I'm like, fighting in the air. Like there, has to, there is a bit of a risk to mm-hmm. getting, or if you're just being like, because I don't really stealth in that game. I stealth as an opener. Bam, I slam down and kill an orc amongst 20 dudes, and then we fucking Batman-style brawl it out. And I say Batman-style because the combat in that game is still 100% Batman. Right, which the um, last one was too, and I really right. enjoyed that. Did, does it feel a little bit, I'm not going to call it slower, but like it feels like every single hit has like a little bit of slow motion. It's like, hit, here you go. Hit, here I don't know you if go. I've noticed that. I was going to say, you know where it feels slower to me is that in the opening city, the tutorial area, which I say like I'm still there, but I've been playing for three hours. Like the wow. tutorial area is massive before it really gives you the ability to start actually like take Open over world guys. Roaming. Um, well, and just take over guys. You can't take over guys for uh, quite okay. a while. Right. Um, and the way it feels slower to me is that the buildings, you start off in the city, it's, <sighs> Minas Nas- Tirith. Tirith, which is like the city that the Naz that the Wraiths all live in by the time the movies come out, like the shattered oh, no. city where the Wraiths live. Yeah, that's that M- Minas Tirith is the that's the human city in Gondor. You, I think you mean Minas Morgul. Minas Morgul? No, no, well, no. It's, no. it's, it's, it's called Minas something. Fucking nerd. That's because they're, they're, all, they're all Minas something because Minas means like tower. Okay, okay. So it is Minas something. Right. And then you actually fight an orc at one point and he says, didn't you know we took this place over? It's no longer called this. It's called Minas Morgul now. Uh, like, And so that's the name that it became once it was conquered. Gotcha. And so you're there while it's falling in this part of the game. And, and uh, the reason it feels slow to me is that early on, like the traversal in that game is really fast. Mm-hmm. It takes a while to get used to the fact that you're just holding down A and that you don't want to hit A to jump off a ledge. Like, you just hold down A and he'll auto-jump, and then you hit A again and he'll do a fucking crazy double jump, which is hmm. fucking... I mean, the traversal of the game, the speed-wise, is fucking bonkers. It, it, it doesn't... Wow. It, there's no difficulty to it. It's like, I'm climbing up a wall, and there's basically, like, a, a ledge above me that goes straight out. And he, 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 just, he just does he, it. He, just oh, go, like he jumps backwards and catches it and yeah, just right, keeps going. It's like, right. there's no there's no challenge to it. It's just like, <laughs> no. you go up or it, you go down. But the reason <laughs> it can feel slow at times is the buildings are so dense that it feels like my guy is getting caught between them sometimes it doesn't always feel smooth jumping between all the buildings for me and i think that'll just come from me getting used to the controls a bit more Um, yeah i I, there was my i only put about an hour in i got to where they open up the towers for you to capture yeah and i stopped playing um just because i was playing some other stuff um i had a trouble with that you're running that the sprint is on a and then you hit the click on the stick to do the speed boost. Yeah, but I, I like you have to hold A to run, which, yes. and then which means you lose camera control, right? And, mm-hmm. Which I just don't like. Like I think that's a, ba- a bad. You probably could re- I could remap it, but yeah, it's it's it, the traversal takes some getting used to. But I feel like once I get used to it, it'll be like the first game. It'll be fine. But uh, the Nemesis system, obviously, if you're not familiar with that, it's like where you kill certain orcs, and then the new like there's like c- captains and a commander, and as you kill them the little house of cards will shift shuffle and new orcs will become captains and captains will become higher ups and higher ups, blah, 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 warlords. And so you're like actually affecting basically a little game of Thrones scenario of who's in charge. So, so the, in the first game, it, they seem to imply that you want to research which orcs you are going to take out to have certain orcs move up the chain. Uh, not just because they're orcs that are under your control, but certain orcs that might be easier for you to defeat. Uh, yeah. and like, 
I never really took advantage of that other than like putting the orcs I wanted in charge. Have you found that there's a reason for you to play that little, you know, House of Cards, Game uh, of Thrones? So, well, so far, I'm, since I'm so early in, I haven't had to that much. Hmm. Most of the research I'm doing about the orc strengths and weaknesses is so that I can just figure out the best way to take them out. Right. Not only that, but their strength and weakness, they have strength and weaknesses, but they also adapt as you fight them. Hmm. So if you shoot them with a bunch of arrows, that'll work for a while. And then you'll see a thing that says, boom, they've adapted. And now when you shoot arrows, they'll, like, uh, Matrix dodge them. And so now their <laughs> arrows no longer work. Um, and I didn't... I, I I know this was... I guess it was in the first game. I don't really remember it. But if, like, a regular orc kills you, they become a captain yeah. if there's a vacancy. Yeah. And so now they get cool titles. Like, one killed me and he became blah, 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 the Tark Slayer because I'm the Tark. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he actually has, like, a damage bonus against me forever because because of his title tark right. slayer you're you're the tark what does that mean i don't know that's oh. like the, what they call you um oh, weird and there's also like cool things like if one time uh, i've had a coworker who's telling me like one of the orcs he fought killed him and not only did he kill him but he broke his weapon oh and, wow and his 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 item like it mm-hmm. was like a like a like a rare item mm-hmm. shattered it item's gone huh. now he but when the orc did that he also became the weapon breaker um <laughs> But when he did that, the orc, he got a quest that says to reforge the weapon because of his... So that was dynamically made off of his item being broken by this guy. There was a quest to reforge it and reforge it stronger after, like, killing the orc. That's super cool. So, like, yeah, there's, like, all kinds of extra little layers to the Nemesis system now that they've added in there to, like, make it that much cooler. And uh, my coworkers also, who's a lot farther than me, has told me, like... It, you definitely have to like plan and and insert captains on the harder difficulty and stuff because there's like no way you can take over a fort like unless you like have guys working for you on the inside. It's mm-hmm. like it's like far too hard because I'm also playing on the hardest difficulty. Oh wow! Um, it's just one step above normal. Yeah, and I would say it's like I would say the default doesn't feel very threatening, and I you don't die that often. So the nice thing about this difficulty is you will die. And dying in this game has very little penalty, but the cool part is it also advances the captains and ranks them up. Mm-hmm. Or, so, or even regular orcs. Yeah, or even regular orcs. So that just means that you're Ogres. creating more captains and stuff for yourself. Um, so for me, that actually is like the way that I like to play it. Very um, cool. But yeah, that game is... It's, it is... Like, the Nemesis system is really cool. Like, the all the things you can do. Like... It's very friendly. I don't know. Like, I feel like they knocked it out of the park. The one thing I'll say is a lot of people have also called this out. Sorry, an engine. I feel like it, I feel like it doesn't look that good. I don't feel like it. it That's it interesting because then the last one looked really good at the time. Maybe that was 2014. Um, I feel like I remember thinking it looked great at the time. At, it, now it looks fine. It doesn't. I didn't think that it looked amazing at E3. To be totally honest, like the on-stage demo they the, did. The the models of the their character, the human character in particular, looked not great. Yeah, like like the orcs all look really cool. Yeah, Shalob looks all right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> except except she still looks like a character from the 360 generation, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. her model, like the human models just look dated. They're a little, they look a little waxy. Yes, exactly. They just have more of the uncanny valley than I've seen in human characters for a while. What are your what? Uh, do, what's your graphics setting situation like? Ultra, Ultra. across the board. across the board. Yeah. I looked. It, it defaulted me. Uh, Ultra. Do, you, do you do the 4K textures though? No. Okay. Well, because I don't oh, have a 4K I monitor. I I don't know that that really will have much effect on it. Also. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it just comes down to the fact to me looking at it, and I could be wrong because I'm not a fucking character artist. But to me, it looks like they have far fewer bones in their faces than characters that I'm used to nowadays yeah. speaking in cutscenes. So everyone just looks a little more wooden, 
and looks more akin to like what we used to see in Gears of War 2 than like what I've seen in like the modern Gears of Wars. And so they just, it just feels a little bit dated in that sense. But that being said, they fucking put like 44 orcs on screen at a time sometimes, yeah. all doing things. And then I'm like hitting Karagors and unleashing them like. And, is, and, and you're getting like dialogue things like it's, it's like zooming the camera in and it's being like, oh, Ranger, yeah. it's me. You remember me? You fucking killed me, you fucker. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy, too, that like there's like they're very self-aware in the sense of like if you encounter a guy that killed you, like the first time I encountered a dude who killed me, mm-hmm. he was like, did the clash of swords? And then he was like, I killed you. <laughs> and then you repeat it. I killed you. <laughs> and then he just, then it just started the fight because he was like, what the fuck is going on? It didn't, it didn't make any sense to them that he killed me and I was back. So, Hence the Eat It Jerry commercial. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eat It Jerry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, they've been doing really good with those. I feel like that's like the same. I don't know if it's the same company that did the Halo ones, but it feels like the, the Halo, Halo Wars. The Halo Wars commercials are yeah. fucking really good. Um, They're really good. God. So, so, yeah, it just... Just like the the tone of it and everything, like all the stuff about the Nemesis system, you might like the first one. I feel like it's all there, and they've advanced some systems to make them that much cooler. So yeah, I, I'm getting exactly what I expected out of it. It sounds like a very system oriented game, which is like it is. I mean, it, I, like, I, like fu- fucking whatever. You don't have to like Lord of the Rings to have fun, dude, like, Fucking around in that world. That game is like a content maker's dream in the sense that like they didn't have to design like levels that were like guided for, like uh, they do sometimes i don't want to make it something didn't but their levels weren't designed necessarily all over the place for like i'm making one mission that i know someone it's not like an uncharted level i'm gonna run from a to b mm-hmm. and i have to have levels that are set up to guide that particular experience and in this they're like we made an environment and it's a fucking cool environment and how are we going to use that to make levels in and not only that but what's it just going to be is it going to be a cool place for a p- person to just fucking do missions dynamically and so they created all that and they created this nemesis system and then it just like makes hours of good gameplay for them because the loop is just so fun so they and did is this really one is, is this a sequel to the last one like a it's yeah. a direct sequel. Uh, yeah, like it, it literally it, opens up with the the previous story yeah uh, and it shows you and then it, and then you there's like a about a day in between yeah the, the <laughs> ending and the beginning it's a really weird thing it's not really much of a spoiler because it's literally the opening cutscene, but it's it, as the giant bomb guys pointed out, and I have to agree with them, it's a little weird that the game opens up with you making another ring, like, like a <laughs> yeah. new one ring, basically. Right, right, yeah. Like that's a weird thing. That is a weird thing. So, how do you feel about its morals? It's morals. Have you enslaved many orcs yet? Not yet, but I will enslave all the orcs, and I will enslave them based on their legendary rank. Orcs are just an item to me. <laughs> that's literally all they are. Just an item. Horrifying. I have oh, no qualms. Horrifying. I have no qualms. Of, well, it's a fucking video game, first of all. Why? But, why are? Why are you? But I also have no qualms about it because orcs are literally just pure evil. They're just evil. It's not like there's redeeming qualities about orcs. They're just evil. So, like gingers. Like yeah. So <laughs> I will murder every orc and ginger without. You know, but I, but orcs are just items in the sense that like you're literally looking for legendary value orcs because you want to recruit them into your army you right? and use them elsewhere. Gold orcs. We need gold orcs. <laughs> um, are there purples? There are purples and blues and greens, like so. oh, probably an orange because that's yeah, legendary. Yeah. yeah. I so. wonder if when they made those levels of items and gave them colors in uh, World of Warcraft, if they if they knew that it would infect the rest of. Uh, gaming i mean they ripped it off from diablo 
Yep. With the purple, so, with the same colors, was it the basically, same? Basically, yeah. Like Diablo mm. is is. They uh, might have added a color in Wild. White, blue, purple, mm. yellow, green, and yellow. Uh, well, yellow I mean, you can't really say they orange. ripped it off because it's the same. I company, mean, yeah. But, I mean, World yeah. Warcraft is, as launched, was extremely slowed down Diablo. Right. Um. um yeah, all that stuff was in Diablo. Like even the color scheme was in Diablo. Yeah, man, that game. But anyways, Shadow War, exactly what I wanted. <laughs> So right it's on. been a good filler game. Uh, I played that again, not very much last night, um, and then I haven't played any games besides I played some Iron Banner in Destiny. So what was that like? Because I haven't, I've been too busy, so I haven't touched Destiny in like yeah. almost two weeks. Okay, so for context, in Destiny One, Iron Banner was a seasonal multiplayer mode that wasn't around it was around for basically a week at a time yeah and the whole thing about it was that your light level mattered yeah so basically your power level mattered versus other people yeah and normal multiplayer your everything else was normalized it didn't fucking matter if you didn't if you had a level 10 gun or a level 300 gun right they acted the same in iron banner it does matter in one and destiny one and this one it doesn't which okay uh doesn't so really, how is that any different than like Trials of the Nine I, or whatever? It really is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, it is uh, a single mode like Trials. Uh, it was like the contest mode, um, and it was fine. Like the, the way that the you basically get coins, and then you after you get ten twenty coins, you can get a random item. Just like with with all the other reputation coin exactly. things. Um, is, is so is the so it's just another way to grind loot via multiplayer. Yeah, um, and ha- it has different item sets. And the item sets look yeah. cool, honestly. Sure. Like they 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 all are like wolf themed because they're mm. the Iron Lords. Anyway, m- my problem was that I don't think the matchmaking is very good hmm. because we got constantly matched up with people that are way better than my group that I was with. I was really rooming with, it was groups of four, and so we were either matching making in the other groups of four or groups of three and one. Um, and we, we were just constantly out skilled. We, we won, we played seven games, and ma- we won one, and one other one was close. The other two were just complete stomps, and it just wasn't fun. Yeah. I wonder if it's because there's not enough people. I mean, I know this is a weird thing to say, but yeah. not enough people playing to properly skill match. You would think. Like there, I'm sure there's a shit ton of people playing Destiny. I just wonder how so, many are doing. But, 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 but the like, thing I, was, is like, I, I, how do you how do you know what a skill what a skill because match I, is? I got matched up against Optic Diesel, who is very oh. uh, he's very good at video yeah. games, and like yeah. that's that shouldn't fucking happen for like I I'm I'm good at that game. Like yeah. I, I I am good at that multiplayer. The rest of my crew is okay, but but like that's not they shouldn't. Like I, I, I'm not as good as Diesel. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're getting matched up with him, and then three other people that are as good as him. Hmm. That's like, not, I'm just wondering if it's like maybe there aren't that many people of his MMR. So at some point, it's just like, yeah. sorry. And is there actually uh, like a hidden MMR for you? I, I, think, I, th- I think they have said as much, but like, or mm. regardless of what it is, like between that and there's some other stuff. Like we were constantly getting spawned uh in front of people like i would literally take shots a couple seconds off of spawn not like not even a couple seconds like three seconds off spawn mm. and you have i don't it gives you an overshield as you spawn so to help negate that but that's not fun and again, i'm having fun with the mechanics of it of like the shooting it feels real good i think the pace of it really feels real good in terms of it's very similar to classic halo where any of the one-shot weapons so snipers rocket launchers 
any of that stuff is moved to the power ammo slot. Mm-hmm. So like you and and or sorry, heavy power <laughs> is a different thing in this yeah, game, right? Um, and like so you but and you can kind of have whatever you want, but it still boils down to there are like ten guns that you really should be using multiplayer, right? And if you can't, if you don't have those, you can't compete, right? Definitely, it's like uh, you you got to go in with the. The meet a multi tool or some other like equivalent like great scout yeah, it, rifle. It's, it's the it, the Uriel's auto rifle. Or yeah, whatever. It's, it's, it's Uriel's archetype, which is either the number or something else, yeah. or or last hope Mida, mm-hmm. right? Or um, and it's one one other gun. Uh, the Antil- a, no Antelope D is, oh, is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. the submachine gun that everyone is. Yeah, and so like that's fine because a, a meta will show up and that that's mm-hmm. that everything is not everything is always going to be balanced that is something that is not yeah workable i just don't it just didn't work out that the matchmaking was fun mm. um or that like i i don't know if they're they're like well are you gonna play more probably because it would be interesting to see if that holds up or if you just got unlucky with a bad night yeah yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, that's hap- that's that happens to everybody in multiplayer. Like, sometimes, like, you'll just go into a multiplayer, and the entire night, you'll just get stomped. Yeah, it was just, it's been consistent across multiple things. And, like, we played Trials, and we were getting matched up with people that had gone flawless, which means, yeah, in Trials of uh, the Nine, you play, you, if you play seven matches, and... Um, if you go flawless, you can get more stuff. Basically, flawless isn't what you win. You, 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 you win all. You seven. haven't lost a single game. Yeah, you can lose a round in those matches, but you can't lose a game. Yeah, and we got matched up with people that had gone flawless hmm. seven times, and our team hadn't even won a match. I was like, "Fuck off! <laughs> like, that's not acceptable. Yeah. Like that. There's no way that you should be like this is an acceptable match because you have to you have to queue in with all those four people. So we have to take all mm-hmm. that into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I wonder how much of that is like there's hidden math in the back end that really keeps track of your of your rating and your win loss ratio yeah. and kill death and all that, or if it's just more or less random. Well, you would hope so. Yeah, from you would hope it's there, Bungie, yeah. but right, yeah. So um, it was just frustrating. It was yeah. like, like I can hear the frustration. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where I, where there's a thing of like some like I can be good and try to carry them, but like if it's not. If the other person is so much better than me that like the top two people aren't matched up, mm-hmm. then like you can't really have competitive matches. It's just going to be a stomp. Also, there's a map uh, called Re- Re- End of the Emperor's Reprieve or something like that. That is a capture point map, so it's capture one point, and each uh, team starts with one point captured. Right. They're it's a linear map, like so they're in a line. They're not, it's not like a, tri- a triangle oh, wow. shape. Uh-huh. And so if you spawn on A. You have better access to B, and the other team just cannot push past that. It is so rare to be able to. to That's weird. Yeah, it was. It was one of the most frustrating experiences because you just if you got the wrong spawn, you're fucked. So it's not. So it's not that like each team spawns on either side of the map. It's that like you can. No, you spawn. You spawn with one captured, and if you spawn right. with, uh, I think it's A on that map. Yeah, captured. The way that the map is set up they have so much more cover oh, yeah. in terms of and they're closer they to just get to, to be yeah and so you you, you insta lose mm. and, and like people have like been saying if you get that map and you get that spawn point just, just quit. quit yeah there's no there's no punishment for it yeah like so just leave and it's like that's a problem <laughs> are yeah. the maps are the multiplayer maps in destiny 2 
sort of better design than they were. Most of them are that, really that good. one is not. Uh, yeah. th- I think there are other fantastic ones. Yeah. Uh, I think the the one on the Earth one. I forget the name of. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought back Shores of Time, which is very very good. It is it is probably one yeah, of the best I, maps Bungie has I made really in like, years. I, I really like that Earth map because it has like the man cannons in it and the bridge in between, like the floating island. Oh, and I'm, stuff I'm like talking that. about. I'm talking about the one that's in like the in the trees, like the, it's like the rusted out factory. Oh, not, yeah. not, not on top of the drill. The drill one yeah, I also yeah. like as well. Yeah, the drill one's good. Um, yeah. Anyway, there there are some really really good maps. The but, bridge level from Halo Three though, Halo Halo Three map with the bridge. That's like one of the best maps. Because there were so many different levels. Yeah, and there were main cannons. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I and I have fun with it and like. But yeah, there's just there's some some problems with it. And I but I want the yeah. fucking armor. The armor is like <laughs> fucking cool. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's what it always comes back to. So has the uh, has the single player or single player the the regular co op experience P- game P- PVE, P- PVE has that held up for you at all? Or are you pretty much done with it? Now? Uh, I have all my character. I have all three classes up to three hundred light. Um, <laughs> I've got two. So <laughs> so but but see the thing is it doesn't. As soon as you have one that has that 300 light, it becomes it's really easy real easy because you can just transfer yeah. your guns over and that boosts you up. So it takes about six hours to level someone. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's not as big of a One, one good Saturday session and it equals the equivalent of like playing for a week on your first character. Yeah, I see. I guess that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, just because it's been it's a busy season for everyone that I usually play with, I've they haven't been able to raid. I've played with other crews that mm-hmm. have pulled me into raid. Um, I still think the raid's excellent. Um, mm-hmm. once, it, once you've figured it out, it's it's pretty easy. It's easy and fun to execute, and still fun to like run people run people through the game and explain to, to them why it's uh, how to how it works and to teach them. So yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, has anyone else played Cuphead? Besides Arthur, Cuphead? No, I think just Arthur. I had a friend come over and we played it for about seven hours straight. Wow! wow. Did, did, you did you? No, did we you only got couch? through level two. Did you trade off controller? No, there's two player. Know. Two player. Oh, that's right. There's cool. You play as Cuphead and Mughead, it's right? A, no, it's Cuphead and Mugman. God damn it! <laughs> Sorry, Mugman. Alliteration is all over the place. It's in the here. fucking song. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, that game's really, really good. I didn't expect to like it. I mean, I liked Contra, and I like it as and actually, but I, but the thing is, is that after that friend left i ended up uh playing it by myself too again starting from the beginning oh wow. so like why'd you start from the beginning because i didn't want to continue on progress that he and i had made that's our huh. game cool um but that game is really fucking good although i do find it a little annoying that you like there was like a mechanic that i missed at one point because i just hadn't talked to a random npc because i hadn't walked up into eight of them i didn't have bombs for my plane like that was a little annoying. I was like, then Wait, I learned. Do you have to talk to him to get bombs? You do. You can literally go into the levels without bombs. I I guess technically you don't need them. Oh, uh, you totally do against the uh, bird boss because when he lays down on the stretcher, oh, you can't hit him. Yeah, the only time you can hit him if you don't have the bombs is when he knocks his they knock his heart out of his chest and it floats up in the sky and then goes back down. So <laughs> I it's just like, love that phrase. It's uh, <laughs> so yeah, it it was that little things like that. But that's like such a that's like a nitpick with mm-hmm. what is otherwise. An excellent game, top to bottom, sound wise, like visual wise, like everything about that game. Like even my fiance, you know, I showed her a trailer, and she's like, "eh." But when she finally saw it in person, she's like, "holy fuck!" <laughs> it is like playing a cartoon, mm-hmm. and that game is just really excellent. I know a lot of people have complained that the bosses are too hard, and 
that there's like content locked. That's all bosses. Content's locked behind fighting them on regular. Man, man, I find the bosses to be so sad. There's only like one boss that you can't play against on the low difficulty. Right. I just heard that you have to fight all the bosses on regular to get certain content. That's what that's that the complaint I heard actually. So you have to beat the game on regular to get the con. Yeah, I, I, I don't like the only thing that's in the game that you can't access like is the last boss. I see. Yeah, I guess. I, so if say, well, okay. So in this scenario, if you played the game on easy and then got the, you, you couldn't get the last boss, could you? Just beat one level on regular, and it would give you. No, I think you have to beat the whole game on regular. Oh, okay, that's so, a little weird. So that was the thing that some people were complaining that they couldn't play through on easy and have content locked out because they, and the reason they didn't like it is because they literally were not good enough, right, to get through the game on regular. Um, and I will say the game is very hard, but it is super satisfying when you and you figure out. And I and just like a good like a contra game though in the past, like there are certain levels that I thought were exceedingly hard. I was like, how are we ever going to do this? But then once I understood them, now I can get through without taking a single hit. Mm-hmm. Like you, lit- you switched up weapons yet? Yeah, yeah, I switch up weapons all the time. Um, and I switch it up on a per-level basis. Like, I'm like, on this one, I need four hit points as did opposed you, to the dash. Did you fight the pirate ship? I've only gotten through two worlds yet. I think the, the pirate ship is the second. No, it's not. First two worlds. Uh, the only one on the first two worlds I haven't beaten is the dragon so far. So. The dragon. The dragon's fucking hard. But that being said, like I said, there are literally phases of bosses that at first seem impossible, and then you learn the pattern. It's really not so bad. Um, But that game's really good. Uh, Speaking of really good games that can be really fucking difficult, Divinity 2. Oh, yeah. You were transitioning to me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, man. That game is super fucking good. It it really feels like, you know, you've got... uh, Except for the fact that it's turn-based instead of pause and command. Uh, It's definitely the... uh, It really feels like the latest genesis of that whole Infinity Engine genre of games where it was like uh, Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale and all those kinds of things. And like you were hoping that, like, oh, this is a genre of game that's just going to move forward into the future. And then it really died for a long time. Like 20 years (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, and there were people that made games that were similar to it or kind of like it or whatever, and it wasn't until Kickstarter sort of resurrected the genre, you know, with things like Pillars of Eternity and then Wasteland came back where you're like, felt like, okay, these tactical, uh, these tactical like RPGs or whatever are a thing again. And, but Divinity Original Sin, the, the first one that was Kickstarted and came out, that was good, but, um, for me, it felt like it had a lot of flaws, especially in its signposting and stuff like that. And while I found that there was a lot of story content that was really enjoyable, I found that I was like missing a whole tons of shit because like uh, there were like just really obscure things that you could do that you would never know unless you were going through the game with a guide, uh-huh. you know. Um, and this game has some of that. Like I think they purposely preserve some of that because people who are really into Divinity really love experimenting with the systems to try to figure out, you know, oh, can I can I break this part of the game in a way that's actually intended to break? Right. So to, to start this new story sequence that I wouldn't get any other way. Um, so there is some of that in there where it's like, I like, 
I went uh, at one point. I went online and I looked. There was this quest that had been in my log forever, and I'd like I have no idea how to fucking do this quest because it doesn't give you very many signposts either uh, on your map about like this particular quest is tied to this area on the map, or it'll be like you'll see a flag on your mini map and you'll mouse over it and it'll just give you a location, but none of the quests in your quest log say anything about that location. And it was like, shit, well, I don't remember who said something about that at some point. I don't know which quest is associated with. Mm-hmm. So there was a couple quests in the, it was more than one. There was a couple quests in my quest log where I was like, I have no how to do this. So I just went on a wiki and looked it up. And I was like, oh man, I never would have fucking figured that out. I would have just like moved on to the next section of the game. And, you know, if, if this was me back in middle school or high school or something like that, I would just play the game three or four times and learn everything. But I'm not going to have time to do that. In fact... You know, I, I've been playing. I really wanted to play this game in co-op, like I said. So my little brother and I have been playing when we have time, which has been a couple evenings, but it's been mostly like you know, big long sessions on a Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been really, really enjoyable because that game is set set up so well for co-op play. Yeah, you guys can be in totally separate places doing your totally separate things. Yep, at any time. You can double click on their portrait to just watch them wherever they are. You can like listen to their conversations while they're doing it. What? Uh, <laughs> That's it, super cool. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, like we'll walk into a new area, and my character has the persuasion skill or whatever, so he'll wait for me to talk, but then he can just click on my character and listen as I'm going through the dialogue trees. And seriously, every single fucking line of NPC dialogue in that game is voice acted. And it's written well, and it's voice acted well. I have no idea how many goddamn lines they had recorded for that game, but it's a lot. Yeah, because not only do they have to adapt, but they have to I adapt. I think it's a I forget. But it they have to adapt big. to a pretty crazy amount of things, too. Like, yeah. you killed this character, they have to <laughs> adapt. You brought something stolen into the uh-huh. scene, they have to adapt. Yep. Like, yep. there's just like... So many factors that can change the way the storyline goes. It kind of blows my and mind. That's what, and that's what you were saying, like how a lot of people that play this game like to tinker with expectations and mm-hmm. be like, what will fucking happen if I do this with this guy? Is he going to flip out? And it's yeah. like, it is like a game about testing, like almost like testing limits right. of the design well, and, and seeing if they accounted for it. And you're like, holy fuck, they did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, and they'll and especially in, in this one, not only will they account it, but they'll account for it in delightful ways where you'll be like, oh, my God, I can't believe they thought that somebody would do this. And they wrote some dialogue to go with it. And they got you. They gave you a specific piece of loot that goes with it. And it started, you know, a next line in a quest chain where otherwise the quest would have just ended right here. So, I mean, that game uh, is a master class in RPG content for sure. That game, uh, one of the writers of which was Kevin Van Ord. Friend nice. of the show. Former reviews at her game spot also on this show for one of our music episodes one year. Yeah. Well he did a he and his team did an excellent job on the writing of that game because my brother and I are laughing constantly. And uh there's the a really interesting thing is that you know there's the five origin characters. Mm-hmm. And if you choose one of those pre made characters with their pre made origins, like and I only mean pre made in that like you're choosing like the red prince who is a wizard who is a uh, a lizard character and he has a story behind him. You can format his skills however you want to format his skills. But he has a background associated with that with that character. And then that, you know, has an entire quest line by itself. So there's five characters that have their own unique quest lines. And um the but you could also just choose to create a totally like whatever character out of nothing. And you just won't experience any of the background stories. 
Um, which is a little bit of a bummer. It would be nice if you could kind of like, if I'm a lizard character, I could be the red prince or whatever. But um, it's... That's what I always say. <laughs> right. But it's, it's so detailed, even in those background stories. So the main plot of the game is incredibly involved and incredibly intricate. And there's all these facets happening at the same time. But the same thing is also true for any of these background characters. Like the character that I chose, Losa, she basically has a demon living inside her who's trying to take her over and like uh, is the one who's gifting her with the powers of the divinity while Tight. the other background characters are getting their powers from the gods. And uh, Losa's cooler. Yeah. <laughs> it, it creates these really interesting dialogue sequences. Where it's kind of light is there are times where uh, the party will actually have dialogue with each other. So it'll be like little exclamation points pop above our head, and then and then if like if I click on him or he clicks on me, it initiates a dialogue between those two characters. And that's assuming you have those two characters in your party. Like, man, there's got to be a lot of incidental dialogue. I, there, I th- right? Yeah, I think it's mostly based on like story points or like specific quest completions or that kind of thing, where the they'll have triggers that'll say, okay, party dialogue time. My only complaint about those is they're really lightweight. Like, there's maybe like a couple back and forths, and they're not really that meaningful. It would be nice if there was a little bit uh, better level of collaborative storytelling there, but there's so much else in this game that that is a minor, minor quibble. The Where this game like super shines, though, is, uh, I mean, kind of everywhere, but uh, especially in the tactical combat. The combination of environments and skills that are available to your character creates... Uh, unique and surprising moments all the time and there are a billion skills in that game like spells and powers and then there's surfaces on the ground and they all affect different surfaces like there's uh if if somebody gets hit and they spill blood on the ground that blood can be electrified and then that if somebody steps on that they have it they take damage or they have a chance of getting shocked if uh if that blood um, blood. if somebody casts fire uh, that blood can turn into a blood cloud. And that's the case with things like water, poison, fire. And then there's a necro version of all of these where it's like if it gets hit with sort of like void power, it becomes a necro version of that particular thing. And they all have different properties that can be combined with the spells that you instigate and with the skills that the enemies uh, will attack you with. And so you're constantly just trying to set up like... Uh, chain reactions of events like I'm going to attack him with this and then my little brother would be like "All right, I'm going to use this to blind him so that he's going to avoid you so that he won't be able to hit you so you can go in and backstab him with your character oh and then cast your incarnate which is a big old summons that you can then power up with different spells that can act as another character that you can control and we'll we'll do uh, this particular chain of events to try to take out these three guys that are way more powerful than us and on the one hand it's like, God damn it, every single battle takes like 40, 45 minutes. But on the other hand, you're like, this is so fucking cool. And it works so well. There's a couple like little weird things where it's like you think a character's standing in one place where they're not, or you try to target something, it looks like you should be able to target it, but you can't, but the enemy can hit you, and there's not a good explanation for it. But it's so tactical that every decision that you make is really crucial and really matters, and that game will kill you at the drop of a hat if you make the wrong decisions. And like you, it's it's down to even placement, where it's like elevation is super important. Where you get a damage boost, you can see very, you can see a lot further with all of your skills. Uh, it's just um, the the systems in that game compound on each other 
in very, very satisfying Without being ways. overwhelming. Without being overwhelming. That's the important part. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you get introduced to new stuff very gradually. And uh, we're only playing... You can play four cl- four players and you can play four-player co-op. We're only playing two-player co-op. So we took a skill called Lone Wolf, uh, which with only one or two players playing co-op, every time you give yourself an attribute point, you get two instead of one. So it basically is a way to get like really powerful really early on, which you need if you're only going to be two characters against like six things that can kill you. Right, because it's not like the old Baldur's Gates game where you're tabbing through party members and giving them orders as well. Right. It's just you. Right. And you can play single player where you kind of do that, but it's also turn-based. Yeah. Um, which makes the the combat even more tactical, of course, because like you're you can talk about it between every single move for both of your characters, and uh, it's uh, it's a very very satisfying game on every single level and itches and and scratches every single RPG itch that you might have, where it's like I want super good story. I want really good writing. I want the ability to change things with my decisions. Um, and it throws on top of that excellent combat and super, super good co-op support. Yeah, this and it has but, everything. But are there loot boxes? Nope. <laughs> I mean, they're buying no boxes. <laughs> this game certainly made good on the promises that they made it based off the first one. Yeah. Because the first one, I think, surprised a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I remember that year when it came out, a lot of people kept playing it and being like, I can't believe how much I fucking love this game. Yeah. And but. <laughs> yeah. With some qualifications thrown yeah. in there for good measure. Like, but it's impossibly fucking hard in weird ways. And um, and this game is still hard sometimes in weird ways. But it's a lot more forgiving than the last one was. And it even, ha- it, it even has an, a, a difficulty sl- mode where it's like called Explore or whatever. Where it just is never going to kill you. Like anything that you run across, you'll be able to handle. It's about experiencing the story. That it's about makes experiencing sense the to story. me in this. Like in Cuphead, it's one thing. Because like the whole point of that game is it being what it is. Whereas in this, like there are so many reasons you would go through it that do not involve it being difficult. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh but I did find that like uh this is the this is the one RPG game where I felt that the difficulty of the combat is justified by your ability to th- outthink a uh, a tactically unsound situation. It's like having a really accommodating DM. Yeah. Yeah, except it, except it's super rules bound, but the rules can be bent so easily to your advantage if you just do the right things in the right order including things where it was like we we went into this one section and these guys that were all like three levels higher than us which in divinity which in this game three levels higher is basically death they're gonna kill you Mm -hmm. but we were able to funnel them all into a single doorway area and like use a power to cast webbing so that we could keep all of them from coming through except for the one we wanted to come through then you know like petrify one of them in the doorway so the others couldn't come through while we were hacking on that one and you know being able to put all that stuff together uh it it makes you feel system or hexagonal tile it's none of that it's it's free free movement um but like wherever you move your character it'll show the path and it'll say like it'll take this many action points to move that far and so like the stuff that you can do every turn it's not based off 
mana or whatever. It's just action points. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like, it's going to take me, like my character, I took a skill which gives me one free point of movement every turn. So like I can move like up to six meters for zero action points. That's a lot. Yeah, and I can, and I can, but I, and I don't have to do it all at once. Like if I don't use up that whole movement and then cast something, I can use more of that movement, cast something. I can move back and forth a whole bunch casting things before I even use up one action point. So that becomes extremely important tactically because my character is also kind of squishy. So I might want to come out of cover, do a bunch of shit, go back into cover. Right. And there's stuff like that for every melee. Uh, melee uh, missile and magic system that you can think of it's uh, so good I'm going to plug in my phone real quick but Arthur you should tell us about anything you've tried out <laughs> <laughs> do you have a cable to plug your phone in no I assumed you did uh, you go in my bedroom on the right side of the bed there's a blue iPhone cable oh, right. that's how we're going to read emails later <laughs> <with> my charged ass <laughs> phone and then you can plug it in on the desk okay. uh, so I, I got pulled into what I call the cycle. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is? Which is, I am a very large Assassin's Creed fan. Mm. Yeah. Um, and like, even when they were coming out, like, basically every year, I'd be like, fuck, another fucking Assassin's Creed game. Right. Like, do we really need another Assassin's Creed game? <laughs> right. Uh, and I would be really sort of apathetic or even even have like some pretty strong antipathy toward it and then like six weeks before it came out it'd be like just get that like start Let's getting pretty of that yeah <laughs> like oh god there's a new assassin's creed coming out <laughs> oh no i'm excited <laughs> um and uh with syndicate which was the last assassin's creed i played about i think five or six hours and stopped it wasn't bad it just had and, and a lot of it was like pretty smart sort of quality of life changes but i stopped yeah um but origins is coming out really soon and i really liked what i played of origins at e3 uh including a really radically different combat system huh like one that is not uh it's not batman or yeah, or, or re- assassin's creed combo base it's much more right. like a dark souls sort of counter and attack system huh. with the same amount of like danger to overcommittal or wow, danger that's, to that's overcommitment. A ambitious thing or it's a really big risky chain, yeah. thing to do for the series considering so, people might have gotten used to one way and they may have a lower skill level. I think than- if if like you did surveys right now about the kind of combat that people were more interested in, I, I honestly think that you'd find more people interested in the Dark Souls style than the Batman style. Yeah. Um or they feel more rewarded sure. by the souls but the, style the thing system. the thing that was so good about the assassin's creed back in the day and one of the reasons i think why why the first one even jumped so quickly in popularity was but was because the combat system was approachable where it was little input big output and you could you could do a lot i mean with that's a why bit of scale. I, I, it was a rhythm game right seriously. and like the the level of reward like the reward was you got a fucking awesome animation of yourself killing someone. And also, like, <laughs> there was a, a differing level of timing window required. Like, if you used a sword, the timing window on countering was fairly high. Right. 
Whereas if you were using the hidden blade, the window was very small. Right, right. And you felt like a real fucking badass if like all you did was take <laughs> on like seven dudes with a hidden yeah, blade. Yeah, because right. it, it was just like slip past the guard just a little bit and then and like just jab like, him in the neck. Or yeah. like right under the armpit yeah. and shit. And it's like, no, I am a fucking badass because I have my timing down perfectly. Yeah, and then they'd start and then they'd start introducing the things in the later Assassin's Creed where if you did it right, you could just you could chain your combo. I think that was Brotherhood. Was that Brotherhood where they started yeah. being introduced? And then the Revelations yeah. added like a thing with the hook. Right. Um, and you know, then they started adding in the thing where like uh, certain levels of enemies you couldn't counter. You actually you actually had to put your weapons away and counter them barehanded to take their weapon away which before was you like could do more, that. Kind like of stuff. there was a little bit of that in Assassin's Creed Two, but Assassin's yeah. Creed Three like really kind of changed the way that all that stuff worked. Yeah. And in my opinion, that's when the combat started to get kind of fucked up. But Anyway, uh, Origins is much different in that regard, uh, but so th- that game is coming out in like three weeks, three and a half weeks. Oh, that's soon? Jesus. Um, well, it's fucking October. There's not a lot of time left for stuff yeah, to come out. I know, out. I know. And, I just, and it's been I two played. years since the last one. Yeah, and yeah. Syndicate was 2015, mm-hmm. and Origins is 2017. I just haven't even we went, played Prey we, yet. We went one year without an Assassin's two, Creed. Yeah, we, it was, it's been two years. Wow. So, uh, although, <laughs> hilariously, there are essentially two Assassin's Creed games coming out. Because, what is it, Skull and Bones? Or whatever the fuck it is? The oh, yeah, the, the, the pirate game. That is an Assassin's Creed game. Mechanically, it's the boat combat. But there's boarding and combat. Right, there's just no storyline, from my understanding. I bet you there's some story. But yeah, it's not like a heavily narrative-driven game the way that the Assassin's Creed games are. Anyway. So um, you're looking forward to this one? So I'm looking forward to this one, and I'm like, you know, I barely played Syndicate. So... Why don't I play Syndicate? Why did and you follow Syndicate though? Wasn't it? Was I didn't it how remember. Buggy it was or something? It or? wasn't really super buggy. Syndicate was much more stable than Unity was. Hmm. Um, Am I mixing the two up? Unity was the one that was a goddamn disaster. Without that was one that had breaking and everything. Yeah. yeah. Although that happens in like all the Assassin's Creed games, depending yeah. on how you. Yeah, the but camera. one of them was like a particular yes, event. It was Mister Explodey Face. <laughs> uh, and not to be confused with Giuseppe from <laughs> last year. Uh so anyway, that's right. We still got an Assassin's Creed last year. It was just a remake. Well, that, I think that was this year. Oh, um, excuse me. <laughs> but yes, there was there was the Assassin's Creed collection, the Ezio collection, which right. I also have. Uh, Has there pretty much been an Assassin's Creed every year for like eight years, ten, nine years? Uh, two thousand seven was Assassin's Creed one. Two thousand nine was Assassin's Creed two. Two thousand ten was Brotherhood. Revelations was two thousand eleven. Assassin's Creed three was two thousand twelve. Uh. Black Flag was 2013. Um, the PSP game, I think, was at the same time was, as Assassin's yeah. Creed 3. Yeah. The Vita say, game. Yeah. The Vita game, yeah. Um, uh, Freedom Cry? Was that the DLC for Black Flag? I don't remember. The one with uh, your shipmate, the black dude? Oh, that takes place been. in the Caribbean? Yeah, right. Um, that was like the spring of 2014. Mm-hmm. Unity was 2014, which was the disaster. <laughs> um, there's been a bunch of side scrollers that have all been pretty bad. Yeah, those um, were the orge. Those no, the, yeah, there's the, been mobile games, tales or whatever. It's like yeah. the, the tales. It's quite of the, the franchise. And yeah. then Syndicate was the last game proper. Okay. Um. So I went back to Syndicate, and Syndicate is first of all, I I forgot, and now I remember Syndicate was a really good looking game. And it's still a pretty good-looking game. 
Hmm. Um, it's not as good looking as Unity, but runs like a million times better. <laughs> uh, but playing it for a couple of hours reminded me, I think, of why maybe I stopped. Hmm. Um, which is that there are big quality of life improvements that Syndicate brought, mainly the grappling hook, mm-hmm. which was huge. Like the ability to just go straight to the top of a building without <laughs> any climbing or to go from building top to building top across big gaps, mm-hmm. like such a massive quality of life improvement in that game. Um, and the fast travel is good and the train stuff is good and being able to switch between the two characters is pretty good. And Evie is an awesome character and Jacob exists. Um, <laughs> But uh, it is a game full of stuff to do, but a lot of that stuff to do is stuff that's been in every other Assassin's Creed game as a thing to do. And Which like, is why I never played it at all. I just couldn't do it anymore. It, it really, like, some of that stuff, the age is just, like, so queer. And it's, like, the same busted-ass shit that's been in every other Assassin's Creed game at this point. It's, like, they're... Every every district has like little subzones with a Templar mission to complete to mm-hmm. liberate that subzone, and then when you do all of them, then you get then you free the district, mm-hmm. and it becomes like it belongs to your gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is a kidnapping mission type, where you need to go in and get the person and bring them out alive, mm-hmm. which means that you can't kill them from a fucking distance. Oh, sleepy James, mm-hmm. <laughs> so sleepy. Uh, so anyway, so like it's it's a giant pain in the ass if you want to do it stealth like because they don't set it up so that you can do these things stealth stealthily. Like you mm-hmm. have to fight the people in that area and hopefully get that person before they can jump in a fucking carriage and drive away. <laughs> Which has never been an Assassin's Creed game. No one has ever been able to drive away before. It's <laughs> always running like GTA and you're like, style. Well fuck you, I'll go up to the rooftops and get around faster than you and catch you, and that's right. fine. But in this, they get in a fucking carriage. <laughs> and then they're halfway across the map. And then they're halfway across the map. And you try to steal a carriage and then you run into a bunch of people and run over some children and shit. <laughs> So anyway, like that's all a giant pain in the ass. And then there was more than one time where I would take out all the people around them with like hallucinogen darts, Hmm. which is a good way to start fights and get people dead without actually revealing yourself. Yeah. And I dropped down and on Xbox one, it's B to tackle someone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's also B to say, pick up a body. (laughs) And this target happened to be next to a body of someone that had died a second ago. Instead of instead of tackling them and getting out of this area perfectly, <laughs> he picked up the body with no being spotted. It picked up the body and they turned around and went brr, and they ran to a carriage and got away. And I'm this fucking asshole in the holding meantime, a body you're in an alley. To carefully put down a body. And no, it takes forever to put down. That's a what body. I'm saying. Like you're carefully setting it down instead of just dropping it and running. It takes like two and a half to three seconds to pick up a body <laughs> and then three seconds to put it down. It should, it should just be like. You just like tilt your shoulder and it just the body falls off. Yeah. Right. I bet you I could drop a body like that. <laughs> we can try it in this room if you want to. I'll drop James on the couch. He'll go to sleep. <laughs> I and it's just stuff like that. There's like control shit that gets in the way. Like they simplified the controls a lot in this game to the point where it's honestly a little disorienting. Hmm. But it's still not it, it's still it's not that it's too complicated it's that there's too many ways to not do the thing that you mean to do um and stealth is still kind of a joke mm-hmm. and so i'm like i just really hope that they took this time and and i and i 
And I hope that they did because of how much time they've been working on Origins, which is like the first screens of Origins came out in 2012. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. It was it was a different long, game, long, long time. Like damn, the same E3 that the that Watch Dogs debuted. Mm-hmm. There were closed door meetings with Ubisoft people of Whoa. Origins serial, but it was a different game. Like the mm. rumor then was that it was a Prince of Persia game, mm-hmm. and given the lineage of Assassin's Creed, that wouldn't be that surprising. Would make sense, right? It would make sense because uh, that's what it was. Acknowledged. It's been acknowledged that the assassins in Assassin's Creed were originally designed as characters in a Prince of Persia game. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. So it's been in development for a long time. I, I really hope that they've gone through and really sort of rethought and streamlined the ways that those missions work because unity is in syndicate are basically the same in a lot of ways, Yeah, which is unsurprising because same engine. Yep. Um, But I, but doing that stuff and like doing these missions and like sort of like unlocking the district and getting all the stuff, I'm like, all right, I like doing this. <laughs> um, so you say that with like such conviction. All right, I like doing well, this. Don't burn it's yourself. More like out. reservation, <laughs> yeah, like or resignation. Resignation. Sorry, yeah. I, that like, all right, like, I like fine. This. I guess I'll like this. God. Um, and I want to, and like the story in, in syndicate is, is pretty involved and there are a ton of characters and a lot of side stuff and the side stuff is very fleshed out. Oh, that's good. Um, and there's also Jack the Ripper DLC and I don't know if that's any good, but it is supposed to be pretty involved. Um, I, I always liked the, the premise of syndicate, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't make myself go and play another Assassin's Creed game with all the same missions same mission styles in place. Yeah, and I mean in some ways it iterates on what Assassin's Creed did before and it's yeah. not it's not that it's a a bad game necessarily. It's just like it is it has baggage and it's managed to yeah. get rid of some of that baggage, but it's still got some baggage. Right. If I ever work on an open world game, the last type of quest I want is a tailing quest. No. I haven't seen quest. any tailing quests in it. <laughs> that doesn't mean they're not there. The funny thing is is like in the Assassin's Creed game, everybody I know always complained about how terrible the tailing quests are, and I always liked them cuz all I had to do was like follow a person on the roof and like listen to some story. They never seemed like a problem to me. Yeah. I guess even more than the chasing quests too just, are annoying. Yeah, the chasing it, ones are annoying. It's just I think people thought it was boring because you were just like Oh, you're too close, and you gotta do it. Like it, it wasn't mm. the, what those games it's were. It's the same for. thing in GTA or even LA Noir had them, and LA Noir was literally just like they might as well have just made a game where I was pushing L2 and R2 to keep uh, a car between a, a couple of white lines. <laughs> yeah, because that's all I was really doing. You know, mm. just maintaining a certain distance without getting too close. You could fucking hit a street light, and doesn't matter. But as long as you don't get close, <laughs> nothing suspicious over here, everybody. <laughs> So. The uh, you know I, I liked in the tailing missions where uh, you know you'd be walking behind somebody and you'd seem like you'd get too close and then you just go whoop I'm sitting on this bench now mm-hmm. everything is fine like I liked that kind of stuff but yeah, you know, yeah. Um, anyway my my issue is that like as with Shadow of War I I didn't play Shadow of Mordor because I was working on review stuff at that time and it was like well that is coming out while a bunch of other stuff is happening and someone else is viewing that game. So I guess I'll never, ever play that. Huh, um, and now, like, Shadow of War is out. And I and I haven't heard that you absolutely have to play the last one to understand it, but... You absolutely don't. I, like, the Xbox One X is coming out, and I, I don't want to start that game. Not when it's going to be... Not, not when, when it's, it's supposed like a, to be, like, the ultra-fucking-4K right. version of that game. Yeah, it's the headliner. Xbox One X, like... 
that they're really putting their shoulder into. And, and they're like doing you, the same fucking thing with Origins. You could play it on your computer on your TV with a controller. But I, it's a pain in the ass. Is it? Yeah. Why? Because, first of all, like getting everything set up. To I thought make you, sure I that thought it you already had it out. The right monitor. Uh, no, I thought so you already had it the set up. computer is set up to do it. But getting the game, to, making sure that the game is running on monitor three, mm. first of all. Yeah, it dep- depends ass. on. Yeah, it's like some and, games have settings. It's like per, go to this monitor. Yeah. Other games, you just have to be like, this is now the preferred monitor. So right. now my and, and entire desktop it, is on my is and, on my TV. And, and, and didn't should. you say you were having issues like making getting your PC to recognize that monitor three is HDR? So when like HDR on PC is a fucking nightmare. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not. It's it's not where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, and so it might, but it, it, it might still fuck up the color space. Uh, whereas Lovely. the console stuff is all handled. Right. Uh, yeah. on the other hand, it is a play anywhere game. So I could just buy the Xbox one version. Well, and if have you it on buy PC. it. Okay. Yeah. If you buy it in the Xbox store, but there's no reason why I wouldn't, because if I'm waiting for the Xbox one X version, then I could just play it on PC jacked up. <laughs> and then when the Xbox one X comes out, install it and pick up where i left off true right. although you have a steam press account so i was thinking of your wallet really. <laughs> i i don't know man i just don't look at like 60 bucks is like a huge deal i do especially when i'm gonna write it off even writing it off i don't know games get really expensive really fast so it's not for me it's not like i spent more on buying dinner this week than a game costs yeah for tonight for this evening Right, but so I guess you're doing better money wise then. But I'm just saying, I am absolutely not. I just, but I'm also like, I I don't live with another person. Totally, but that's what I'm saying. To me, when it came down to, I could play it on Steam Press account. That was like a no brainer for me. That's why I was asking about the 4K thing because your TV and your computer are also very close. But yeah, no, everything is is hooked up to do it. And like some games, I played that way. And I also bought one of those wireless receivers for Xbox One just because it's way too nice. Like to have that for playing that way. I can oh, use yeah. my Elite oh, controller God, totally. wirelessly with my with my. You'll you computer. never go back. Yes, like, it's, it's, it's too way easy. Too nice. Yeah. Um, no, and I, like I've played some games that way. Like I reviewed Prey that way, mm. um, and like uh, fucking what's it? The Recore last fall. I played the, and played and reviewed that way. Yeah, I was debating actually picking that up when they released it the It seems like version. there's like a bunch of shit they added to it. Yeah, Maybe they added the, they added the final robot. And was, like a zone. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I never played it. Maybe I'll check it out. I, I th- There was a lot of cool shit in that game, but the structure of it was so clearly broken up and, and, gr- and attached to a grind to stretch it out longer than it should have been. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I... I will play more Syndicate probably this weekend. Uh, I want to play Origins. I feel like I want to play, or I will play more. I want to play Origins. I might wait until the Xbox One X comes out the week after. Um, although I don't know what we're going to be doing because, like, that game comes out the week right before Extra Life. Oh wow! Um, which we should talk about and start an email thread. Yeah, about. it's not like we yeah. have to have that game on. Like you have to play it. The nice thing is, during actually, it's not like you're gonna have to review it. No. So, <laughs> and the other nice thing is, there are so many fucking games coming out oh that we we'll have lots to play on stream, including Mario, Call of Duty, f- fucking Call. Of, is Call of Duty out by then? I don't think it's out. I, oh yeah, maybe it's not. When is it out? The tenth. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe we could get a copy early. I know people. Um, it depends on their, st- their streaming stuff. I know their review stuff is weird. I mean, we're not monetizing the stream at all. No, I know. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, what I'm saying is, like, it depends on what their streaming embargo is. Exactly, are. yeah. What is that? Which is out? usually different from their, from their review embargo, mm-hmm. or has been in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there will, there will be plenty of games to play World on stream. War two. We'll see. I keep hoping that that Outcast remake that I want will be out by then. Nope, but November 3rd. It's the Friday before. They were smart. Well, Goddamn. Planned for Extra Life. Yep. Thanks, Call of Duty. <laughs> if we do it that day, there's been, we talked about doing it a different weekend. Yeah, yeah, just because sometimes it's hard to compete with... We know you guys like us, and you like other places. Yeah. And so it's tough sometimes. You want to throw your dollars around, so... Yeah. Sometimes I find that we might do better if we did it like the weekend before or something like or that. Or the weekend after. Yeah. Because it's basically extra life is the whole month of November, so you can kind of do it whenever. Yeah. Well, I just got, I just noticed because the Giant Bomb guys do it over the course of like three, they do like three weekends in a row, and they, nice. it's just different people are doing it. And right, like, right, oh, right. It's kind of smart. So, um, well, we'll we'll talk. We'll get that figured out soon. I actually have an email from an extra life person asking if they can do anything to help us prepare, and I'm like. I don't want to think about that right now. <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that email. <laughs> Give us a stream deck uh, so I can play <laughs> GIFs on command. Yeah, I really. I, fuck yes. I'll, I'll just grab one from work. Yeah? Yeah, I'll just put bar for the weekend. That'd be fun. Just so that, like, if something really, if something really, if something really weird happens in the game, I'm, I, I want to have an X-Files button. So we just... <laughs> <laughs> and I want to just put an Illuminati symbol on screen. <laughs> 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 Or they're all Illuminati buttons. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Yes, I want various Illuminati buttons. What or about the ju- Banjo-Kazooie song? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want that. I want the, I want the song from the end of uh, the, every Larry David show. What's that? Fucking, exactly. I want that when something stupid happens and it's really sad. And then, the like every time right. you, every time you do something four, great, four, four, it needs to be the Zelda chest opening sound. Yes, exactly. See, Matt understands. I want to. So we're gonna turn extra life into a Dota. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, for sure. For okay. sure. I want it meme the fuck out. <laughs> so I want it to have. I want. The, I want cameras auto tracking our features so that on demand I can drop fucking sunglasses. <laughs> on us. We, we map dogs to the, we do the, the dog yeah. mapping stuff. Uh, will God. the will those memes be dank? Uh, we, we probably do things where like incentives would be like unlocks something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't we take a break? Good and job. Then we James. come back, read some letters, and read some emails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at the video stuff. <laughs> Because I think Arthur's cat's drinking water from a plant pot. No, it's just my partner put a bowl of water there because they were drinking from a plant over there. <laughs> <Aha>. <laughs> so it's just to, to stop them from murdering the plant. It's misdirection. Uh, Cody. 
wrote What's up, Cody? a letter to us. And he says, is there a real difference between NVIDIA, Intel, NVIDIA slash Intel, which I think he's conflating to be one entity, hmm. and AMD? He says, I recently bought a Dell i5-675 for ten fifty, which has a Ryzen 7 1700 processor and a Radeon RX 580 graphics card. It is also the only pre-build PC I found that is actually visually pleasing to me. <laughs> Everyone I talk to is like, ew, AMD. Everything I've ever tried runs great on ultra settings. I mostly play on my PS4 or Xbox One, so I'm not needing anything crazy. I'm currently playing Prey and Battlegrounds on Macs with setting with no hiccups. Is this just really good marketing on Intel and NVIDIA side, or is there a real difference? Um, the uh, the Ryzen's are very good chips to the point to where uh, those are CPUs, right? They're CPUs. They're extremely cost effective, and they are they're they're very. There's some very big ones too, and it's like it's the largest CPU I've ever seen. Um, so when he's saying Nvidia slash Intel, he's just meaning that people like, pair them together. All people the time. pair them together all the time, yeah. And uh, you know, an AMD is a company that makes both GPUs and CPUs, right? Uh, so the um, I would say that there's absolutely nothing wrong with his combo. You know, the, the the Ryzen's are very good chips. The AMD GPUs are always competitive. Like, I like that NVIDIA and AMD are constantly kind of pushing each other. I, NVIDIA is the clear, quote-unquote, winner, if you think of winner in terms of, like, mind just share. raw sales oh, and, sure. like, mindshare or whatever. Um, but I think the actual competition is closer than that market share would imply. So the thing I, the, the speaking as like a person who does not keep up with the graphics card, the thing that happened a few years ago, like six years ago, I felt like was at least anecdotally to me was like AMD got this reputation that they weren't doing as good support for the games. They got a bad rap for quote drivers right yeah like, that's what i mean like, people they're, say, they're, oh they're, amd drivers are terrible blah, right blah, blah, and so blah, and blah, so blah. i don't know if that was true that hasn't been but true that, for, but that was that was the rhetoric that has been true for years and in fact nvidia's drivers have been butts on multiple occasions and i yeah. say this is someone who's had an nvidia car oh, for the last two I've years i've had huge problems installing a um, driver sometimes right now the best single card performers are made by nvidia they are also phenomenally expensive right um yeah, and it seems like the AMD has repeatedly, with their cards for the last several generations, gone for price performance matching. Like, 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 uh, like they they go for like mid level, which is a smart bet because that's where everything sells. But it, but it's bad for marketing. I almost yeah. didn't get a nine seventy. I almost got whatever the AMD equivalent was, except that the five eighty. Except that Bitcoin people kept me from doing it. Yeah, so <laughs> AMD cards have been really good for Bitcoin mining, which has driven their prices up, which has hurt AMD's ability to sort of compete on that level and get mine share back. Uh, the strongest single card options right now are the the Titan, like the NVIDIA Titans. Sure. Uh, the ten eighty Ti is like the only really consumer oriented. Mm-hmm. That's super one. high-end card. That's what I got. And which yeah. is like a $700 video card, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, and when um, I got, and when I, uh, got my 1080 uh, for free from NVIDIA because, uh, full disclosure, uh, Area 5 does work for NVIDIA. Right. Um, the, uh, at the time, I think it was like a $750 card or something yeah, like I mean, that. Yeah, I paid so 400 bucks for my 1070. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, like, when I got my 980, it was like 400 Um. And, and that's why, like, the 1070s have been, like, 
pretty cost effective. Like that's like their mid range one, and like the bump. That's p- the, no, that's their enthusiast right, right, card. Yeah. So there's like the 1060. The, and- the main, the quote mainstream card for Nvidia is the 1060. Yeah. Um, the enthusiast card, which is like gamers, like who are serious, is the 10 is the 1070, and then the 1080 and the 1080 Ti are like the the like the hardcore right sort of offerings um nvidia hasn't really didn't really have anything to compete with the 1080 ti or the 1080 uh in particular until very recently with the release of the vega 64 um and the Vega. i think it's the 64 and the 52 does that sound right i don't know actually yeah the vega 64 and the vega 56 uh are are amd's new cards Mm. and those are extremely competitive with the 1080 ti and the 1070 respectively gotcha um here's the thing if you are not running games above 1080p then there's absolutely no reason for you to have any card that's more powerful than a 1070 or or a vega 56 because those cards are just like monstrously overpowered for 1080p at 60 right. with everything clocked at, like maxed out to yeah ultra. that's why yeah. i'm in the process of buying a, a 144 hertz monitor yeah. i mean if anything yeah. at this point the thing that slows me down is my processor it's certainly not my yeah. card 1080p yeah. 60 every like all the mid-level the quote mid-tier or not mid-tier but enthusiast cards are like more than enough right uh once you go once you go into FreeSync, which is amd's thing or g-sync which is nvidia's thing which allows you to to have your monitor sync with the frame rate of your device which means below or above 60 uh, and, and you don't have to uh it basically allows you to turn off the software um v-sync v-sync yeah um and solves tearing issues and yep. some issues are responsible. Anyway, like once you go above 60 frames per second, then like you're sort of more hit and miss, but I don't like, that's like a fraction of a fraction of a percent yeah. of people like that are buying stuff, regardless of what the company is making monitors want people to buy. <laughs> um, what the, the marketing lingo they try to sell you on to get you to buy a better monitor yeah. too. So the thing with AMD is that AMD stuff is extremely competitive price wise right now. And performance wise, actually they're doing pretty well too, especially considering that they've, they're like, early days drivers for the vega cards well and and it went so far as that uh when the ryzen chip came out uh, nvidia actually did a build video where they took an amd ryzen chip and uh then you know of course put an nvidia video card in it and they're like everyone's fine and, and they were like hey look this is a super great gaming pc we really like the ryzen and uh like People, because it's the internet, of course, took that tweet as like NVIDIA was throwing shade when they were actually honestly saying, they're like, yeah. no, we like the Ryzen. Um, we think it's a good chip. For <laughs> single thread, as far as, okay, so CPU-wise, you can get uh, an AMD card that performs about as well as the kind of NVIDIA cards that people are buying. Uh, they run much hot- hotter than mm. NVIDIA's cards. And the power draw is much higher and the noise level can be higher. Mm. Um so that's something to consider. Uh, like it will cost you more money long run to run those cards than the NVIDIA cards. Yeah. But, um, I, but I do think that the, uh, that the whole like, Oh, AMD sucks. NVIDIA is King it's thing. Just, it's, it's stupid. stupid. It's stupid. Mac PC rivalry stuff. Just out of a different stripe. My, you know, another one of my understandings is fairly ignorant person that doesn't pay too much attention is that one of the ways that AMD hasn't always had the, the raw sales numbers 
in graphics cards, but one of the things they've always done is they've been the supplier of chips for consoles yep. pretty consistently. Well, uh, m- m- no, not quite. No? Uh, so AMD does not own the designs for the chips inside of the Xbox One or the PS4. Those are chips that AMD made in conjunction with Microsoft. Well, that's and what I mean. Sony. I just mean that that it wasn't like Nvidia was making the chips for consoles, right? Or even in conjunction no. with Nvidia is super fucked up negotiating. Pretty much ruined them. AMD forever. has always been the the company that I've known as. Oh, they help work with consoles. Yep. Like that's what they do. Except for the most recent Switch is like because a kind of an they had on a that. system on a chip that Nintendo decided they would use yeah. because totally. it was two years old and cheap. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so graphics cards, that's one thing. For CPUs, that's what Ryzen is. Ryzen is a CPU, mm-hmm. just like the, the Intel stuff. The core chips yeah. are CPUs. Um, Ryzen, strangely, unlike every other fucking in AMD processor over the last five years, does not have an onboard GPU, which is bizarre to me. Um, they are just processors. Uh, but... Basically, the Ryzen chips are insanely cheap for what they are. Uh, Intel really puts a hurt on them with single thread performance, which is like any task that does like that just needs like one thing at a time to simplify it down. Mm. Uh, whereas Ryzen just crushes multi-threaded applications, um, like much more cheaply than Intel does. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're pretty good for like video editing and their things like yeah that. they're also really good for playing a game and video encoding yep. at the same time which go figure is what <laughs> streamers do yeah yeah um uh pumpernickel who does a lot of pimpnickel pimpnickel pumpernickel i don't know <laughs> my, my brain i would is, prefer pumpernickel uh, but yeah, right. uh has been talking about the how right horizon yeah have been have been like excellent for like building streaming streaming PCs for like, streamers and especially cost effectively because yeah. you can get a very powerful Ryzen chip for much less than a comparable yeah I'll say to all the that battlegrounds tournament they had at Gamescom they Sponsored. sent all the people home with those machines and they're oh. all Ryzen machines so now all those people are using Ryzen machines like for streaming yeah then they're they're very good at doing that um, <laughs> so. If you are budget-minded, then there's absolutely no reason that you shouldn't go with a Ryzen in your PC. Like, I've thought just, about uh, it. Just double-check your power bill. The, <laughs> I, the the processor stuff is not as bad. As, no, no, right. But um, Yeah, but double-check your power bill just to make sure that you're not drawing a lot more than you think you are. I don't. If you are super cost-conscious, I would look at a Ryzen in either a 1060 or a Vega 56. The 56 is more expensive than the 1060, but the performance is very good. Hmm. Um, yeah. End game at 1080p. Yeah, like if you're gaming at 1080p, you'll be maxing everything out on that card. Yep. Um, Worth it. Uh, we're good. Nvidia's dropping their prices too. So fuck. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I need to probably put together a new computer using like all of my existing components except my motherboard and processor. Also, if you are thinking of building a computer and have the money to start doing it, you should buy RAM as soon as you can because RAM prices are about to go through the fucking roof. Really? How come? demand and supply hmm. like they it's almost doubled in the last six months really yeah i didn't know that because you know i get i get what actually confuses me more is i7 chipsets because i have an i7 mm-hmm. right and you're like i have an i7 i7s are good no but i have a 3770 which is like a four-year-old i7 yeah. mm-hmm. so it's like I, but i don't know what that means compared to like you know like 
like there's there means it's time anthony <laughs> yes exactly so i know that for me who does streaming and stuff too like my processor is, is definitely the thing that's holding me back at this point if you were streaming at 720p 30 it would be fine i stream at 720p 60 but yes but it's like but I, extra 30 frames are a lot yeah yes they are and it's just like i just but i'm just saying that now i noticed like my 1070 is fine you know everything's fine except yeah your cpu is is bottlenecking your processor yeah I, I I built that I got the CPU when I still lived in Seattle, so it's been a while. Yeah, I think I had one of those in a system in like early 2013. Like I put together a system before yeah, Crisis I, Three I, came out. I put out. it I put it, it I put it together in 2013 too when it was like pretty much one of the best chips yeah. I could buy. It was like a step down from the best chip at the and time. And hey, it's it's kept you going for four years. Yep. Yeah. Um, That's why you always buy the best that you can afford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. At the time, that was a that i seven thirty seven seventy and a seven seventy GTX seven. Whatever video card you get, make sure it has at least eight gigabytes of RAM. Hundred percent. Don't get a three gigabyte card. No, you will regret it. Yes, because a ten eighty, even a ten eighty p, like games are tapping out, like, and especially with games that are kind enough to show you how much video memory they're using with the <laughs> settings you have selected. Speaking of that, I did a the stress test in uh shadows of war mm-hmm. which was just fun to to watch your machine just, like, just yeah. spit it out arcs. yeah yeah it was it was doing like uh the lowest it was at got to was like 103 frames <laughs> nice yeah. on your 1080 ti yeah you just and stood back or i7 770 yeah, yeah. that's you great you just stood back being like that's right yeah <laughs> All right. and then the highs were like 130 ish. Just like look at the bill that came with the computer and looking at the screen going, You're fucking right. Yeah. Yeah. You better run that way. <laughs> and you're running at 1080p, right? Yeah. But I'm, I'm picking up a 144. Well, my, my brain just. I, down. 144 I also only run at 1080. Because um, I'm blessed with a brain that doesn't care so much. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Richard says, Sometimes when new tech. Oh, he says, th- thoughts on why things are less fun now. He's talking about thinking about our conversation about stores and stuff and how we kind of miss going to stores. Did we, and, did we read his question last week or is this no, a no, response No, no, this is a new that? one. He's writing in response to that. Because you're older. He says, sometimes when new tech and games are released, usually the net can tell me so much more than the store can and faster, which really leaves the store for going in and touching the item. It could be much more mystery is gone now. What do you think? And I was like, that's true. It used to be that back in the day, the first time I wanted to see a Virtual Boy, I knew I had to go to Sears to do it. The first time I experienced a Nintendo 64, mm-hmm. I, I could not read online about it. The only thing I read about the Nintendo 64 was I read like an EGM that was like predicting yeah. the Nintendo 64 console. And then I went to Walmart and I actually stood there and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Between like text, like written stuff and video, like video again changed, changed how we see tech. Yeah, because at a certain point, you like you saw it in a magazine. You're like, well, I don't know what this dogfight. Uh, the what, what they is actually like the sizes or with a feel in hand. But now you have you have people doing like super high quality 4K shots of of the, the Super NES. I mean, it used to be when I used to go put to, like let me to date myself a little bit where where I grew up. There was not computer stores where I grew up, and there was not Amazon. And Target certainly didn't carry computer parts. There was no fries near me either. Right. So when I built my first gaming computer in mm-hmm. high school, it was uh, I went to a computer show at a at like a convention hall. Wow. Where vendors had set up booths, and mm-hmm. that's where I bought a video card, like a voodoo <laughs> card, 
and stuff like that. Oh, voodoo. And you I went with oh, voodoo. Wow. You went with uh, yeah. over 3D effects? I was probably a 3D effects card. <laughs> but I'm just saying it was one of the... It was or no, the were, were, or were those the same? It, Fuck, it no, was I whoever was competing at the time with voodoo. It was one of right. those two, right? Yeah. And it was probably some... 3D effects. It was yeah, probably some effects, four meg yeah. card or something like right. that, you know, and... I went with my friend who was the computer guy, and, <laughs> and my dad gave him a budget, and we walked around with him while he picked out parts. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. And that was like how I did my first like gaming PC build. Yeah. When was that? Ninety nine. Yeah, that probably would have been like ninety eight or ninety nine. Wow. And so, nice. and so, like that was that was the fun of it was like going and you know because certainly if I had went to a store, I would have had no idea what to buy. Nowadays, I did hours of research about which 1070 i was gonna get <laughs> right and then i already knew and just like clicked and put it in my cart i don't know it's just like yeah i feel like the experience was a little bit different i used to go to stores to touch something that's yeah. a very that is a very true to, to true experience for me yeah um like i feel like you know who probably still has the store experience and there will still be people growing up is kids with toys i feel like the store experience is still alive for kids for toys it is to a degree i mean amazon is eaten into toys totally i just mean that i bet you kids still go with their parents to target obviously i don't have a kid but like they, they go, still are they, like i want to see the star wars aisle yeah. oh, i just oh, want to go to star wars gigantic toys. yeah all of yes. my yeah my that's my, why i said aisle. anthony there that's why i said aisle not section <laughs> it is an aisle right my, my nephews in uh you know whenever we go to a, any department store they still go to the toy aisle right and so i was thinking you know maybe for us we're remembering that mystique because it was all around consoles and stuff for us growing up and now <laughs> but toys i think are still the place where kids are still getting that yeah. very much so yeah yeah well there, there were only two things that i really wanted whenever i went to a store and that was legos and video games <laughs> i mean it is true that even when i was in college arthur and i pretty much anytime we were out like we would pass by gamestop and be like well of course we gotta pop into a gamestop because there weren't we weren't buying games digitally at that point right so yeah, it was totally. the only way to potentially window shop a game and just be like you know what i'll pick this up Right. Nowadays, I don't do that because I literally just click over to the Microsoft store and say, oh, yeah, five bucks. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, just, I literally just don't do that anymore, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, it is a different time. Thanks for writing, Richard. I think um, as much as all that, I, I also think that you are now much more likely to know what is wrong with the things that you're excited for before you buy them. Right. Like, yeah. It's not just like big fluff pieces talking about why everything is awesome and all the awesome stuff about the thing that you'll be able to buy. Now it's like, okay, so this is pretty good. Here's all the ways this sucks compared to the stuff that you already didn't want to buy. <laughs> uh, it's uh, with phones, especially like mm-hmm. I, I get excited about game console stuff still. Like I am just fucking over it with phones. Like yeah. I am in a position right now where I want to have a new phone to have a, a new and better phone. And I have no idea. Which I w- phone I want. I won't lie. I'm a little curious to see what Razer's phone's going to be like. That's like one where I was like, ah. Razer, <laughs> like the, the gaming peripheral? I didn't know they were making a phone. They acquired a cell phone maker last really? year. Yes. And there's a thing where like their CEO said he dropped a prototype in between a seat or something like that. Like, like, there's been, like they've been dropping a lot of hints. Yeah. They're very clearly going to make a phone. Mm-hmm. And so I was just curious. That to me, I was like, "What will that be like?" I'm not saying I want one. I've used too I'm much just, Razer stuff that's not good. Yeah. I've had I've had good Razer experiences with mice and stuff. Uh, headset, man, but mice. That's I've, had very, I've had very good head, I've had very good mice. I, li- I like my Razer blade, um, and I like my blade a lot. Yeah. It's also it's mm. also weird that like Red's yeah, putting out a phone. Who's Red? Fuck, oh, that's I right. I heard that. about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Red, Red the camera. The oh, Red the oh. camera. The manufacturer. Yeah, and the the thing is, is it it looks chunky and dumb, just like their cameras. Yeah, <laughs> but you imagine there's got to be an audience for that somewhere. Oh no! Yeah. Like all all the like the like production people at at 
that my like in my team bought one. Like the, I, I'm like certain scene where because like we own like my team has two heliums. Right, so it's like like they're they're that team is fully invested in Fred. Well, well, and you know it's gonna and you know it's gonna like work with all of their like remote stuff and everything too. Totally. And it's just gonna be integrated with the camera. Yeah, and and, and it's gonna have like add-ons where you can like basically make yep. it a point and shoot. It's like it, it's yeah. gonna be have this like crazy support that like it's gonna be people who like cameras will be into that that phone. People who like red cameras will like, be into yeah. that. Phone. Honestly, if the Google Pixel had a fucking headphone jack, I would get that over an iPhone. At this point, just because I play most of my iOS games on, iP- on an iPad, anyways, <laughs> so I'm more interested in a phone with a headphone jack at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, seriously. I'm okay with leaving the Apple ecosystem on my phone because, mm-hmm. and only because, I still have an iPad. And mm-hmm. if I there eventually I can't play games on that iPad, I would probably get a new iPad because I do like iOS games enough and want to mm-hmm. know what's going on in that world. But like, yeah, yeah, I've just I've used enough like other operating systems with uh, you know different. Blackberry jobs that we've had, <laughs> not BlackBerry. I've yeah. never, never actually used a BlackBerry. I've held one. I held Ryan's when he had one back in like 2008. Uh, but I've never actually. Uh, I've used enough other phone operating systems to realize that it's like even with its problems, I still prefer iOS over any other phone operating system. So I'm probably never going to leave. I it. feel a little cornered, but I also like. I don't know if if Android did a an iMessage competitor that worked across Mac and PC, then mm. I would have very little problem. Yeah, I, yeah, I, but then I'd have to have another messaging app open, and I already have like six messaging apps open. No, you you wouldn't though, because it would just be the app that handles all your texts on PC or Mac that works with Google phones. Like right, but you know it wouldn't work with iMessage, and there's so many people in my life that have iPhones that it would only come through as a text. iMessage message. already works as a way to send texts to people who don't have iPhones. Like I use iMessage on my Mac to send texts to people who don't have iPhones all the time. Yeah, right, I, but I'm, I'm just talking about like the iMessage integration. Which it's me, not like I could get rid of iMessage. What drives me crazy is that like my iPhone six S, I have no in- interest in upgrading it, but I know eventually that. OS updates will fuck me out of exactly. It. Yeah, I've yeah. actually that drives me crazy. I'm me not too. Updating my phone like it's I'm. I'm I still haven't updated mine either. Yeah. I haven't updated mine for like six months, and it always constantly reminds me. I'm like, no, just don't <laughs> want to, because I feel like yeah, I hate the fact that performance actually becomes an issue. I'm yep. just, I'm worried about battery life for mine because the battery on mine is already getting the shit kicked out of it. Hmm. But like, so this is the thing that like before like even five years ago it'd be like oh new iphone of course i will fucking want the new iphone and now (laughs) it's like well no because you don't have a fucking headphone jack there's like a million (laughs) things i know that is not that are not good with these phones Hmm. and and it's also like why can't you just let my phone last a little longer now (laughs) i would really not because you know i went from like an iphone 4s to an iphone 6s which was like what a three-year gap i think that's what i did too we are harder on phones than, than normal people it's true because like my partner had her iphone 5 i think mm-hmm. for a long time like I, miss, I just replaced it yeah i mean part of it that makes it harder too is non-subsidized phones like too back in the day it was a lot easier to do it for 250 in a two-year contract versus like paying 700 dollars for phones Although, i will say right now like right now is actually a pretty good time to be looking for a decent cheap phone because you can get an iphone se for like 300 bucks sure and those are those are really good phones. Maybe I'll just do that next time. <laughs> there like, you go. It's the same get the basic cheap version, yeah. insides from the 6S with functionally a larger battery and like a form factor that I like more. Yeah. 
Um, but the camera's not as good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an idiot and buy the X. I <laughs> might the also be that guy. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I will not. Yeah. I dropped mine, broke the screen, and I've been thinking about getting just a replacement screen. I, br- your screen? I cracked my screen when I was still, still at IGN, yeah. and, and I was coming to meet... close to the worst screen I've even seen today. I, I was coming to meet Matt <laughs> yeah. uh, for a shoot, and, and I, I showed up, and I was like, I, I fucked up my phone. I remember that. <laughs> uh, and I haven't replaced it since, because I was just like, well, I'll just get the next one. And Yeah. Eh. Yeah, it still works. Yeah. <laughs> I can still tap on it. It is nice, like... I, I did the the pay over time thing with Verizon and it has been nice seeing that just drop off my phone bill and my phone bill suddenly go down by thirty five dollars a month. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just I think that there there are a lot of things that are sort of conspiring against your excitement. Yeah. So the uh so a uh I just want to call out uh so at Paul Mabbitt on Twitter uh tweeted at me that apparently those battletech battle pods that I was talking about last week, he says they still exist. I have no that's idea shit. where, it's, but that's it's pretty like awesome. Fucking Star Fox now. It's like, yeah, man, it's it runs be. at like twelve frames a second, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's crazy. It's like, yeah, have they been updated? Or are they still the same ones? Is somebody still managing the same one that I played in the nineties? You know, that kind sounds of thing? like a field trip, <laughs> right? Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I want to go ahead. I would check one out if they were still working for sure. Yeah, uh, so would I. I want to do some quick podcast house cleaning stuff, which is that. Um, we don't ever do the like and subscribe shit with podcasts or like please rate us on iTunes. True. No. Nope. But actually, if you like the podcast, do us a favor and rate it on iTunes. Because um, I'd like to see what happens because Libsyn actually changed their their download tracking. Like, really? How to so? something dramatically less like generous, quote. Because they like there's like this initiative in podcast advertising like to bring it into some kind of like acceptable set of criteria kind yeah. of like com score for podcast oh, members uh-huh. uh, com score wow that's a thing i haven't heard of in a long time <laughs> com score is not like a full pic- com score is a thing that companies use to measure an amount of their web traffic for advertising and com score misses a ton of traffic com score numbers mm-hmm. are routinely less than like internal numbers are right but yep. that's what advertisers use to set rates right Still? wow oh, yeah definitely they have a stranglehold on that shit why would they change because it's not worth it. I would have assumed by now that Comscore would be outdated. It, no, it's definitely well. And, it, and if Comscore is like routinely underrating everybody, if they're underrating them by the same amount, the, the relative the yeah. relativeness of it doesn't uh, matter. Yeah. So anyway, so like there's like IB, IBA or IBS or something like that uh, standards for podcasts now, and Libsyn adopted them, and they sent out a thing that's like some people may see their download numbers drop weekly by by a little. Some may people people may see a more dramatic drop. <laughs> And I looked at our numbers. I'm like, wow, that is a lot less than it's ever been. Uh, so I'm, I know that it's undercounting, but it's also just like, I don't know. I would like to see if we can get those numbers up a little bit. A little bit. So, so rate know, us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Make, make us higher than NPR, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna happen again. Like they make anything valuable. <laughs> my whole my phone is like. Like my podcast list, I got a huge list of podcasts that I listen to, and I would guess at least sixty percent of those are yeah, NPR of course, podcasts. mine are too. So they're the but fucking best. I even listen to Anthony's just an edge lord. Don't mind. Him. I even listened. <laughs> I even listened to Marketplace, which yeah. you know I like, I like Marketplace. Marketplace is not that great of a show, in my opinion. It's kind of boring, but that guy has an awesome voice. Yeah, and yeah. the hilarious part is 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 
I I don't think I ever really thought that out until there was an episode of Portlandia mm-hmm. about that, where there was a monster, <laughs> and the only way they can stop the monster is they bring in the marketplace guy to just tell stories, and the monster sits down and just listens to it, even though they're fucking not great stories. <laughs> And they're just like, oh yeah, get this guy because he just sues the monster. Hey! And, I like, yeah. and I was like, yeah, and that guy Kai Rizdal looks nothing yep. like I thought. So, man, Anyways. yeah, Kai, Kai Rizdal's voice is amazing. Him and uh, uh, what's the name, Steve Inskeep, who's on yeah. like Morning Edition or whatever. They who's have the like, lady, and like the so the the one that Gene Simmons was inappropriate with, uh, the host of uh, right uh, Fisher. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Terry Gross. Terry Gross. Terry Gross. That's uh, right. Terry Gross is great. Yeah. yeah. She's been around. I mean, yeah, she's been Gene around Simmons forever. Is terrible. Yeah. Terry yeah. Gross is good. Um, her yeah. her interview We're, with Bill O'Reilly was amazing. All of her interviews are... I've never... I've heard interviews with people that I was like... Uh, it, generally, the rule of NPR is this. You hear the premise of it, and you're like, that's going to fucking suck. You listen to it, and then it won't suck. Yep. Or it just <laughs> washes over you. Like, I've listened to plenty of episodes of Planet Money where I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And then I was like, oh, man, that was riveting. Yeah, seriously. I wish I, I wish I drove more because I just don't have time for, like, that's what was my time for podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I They guess. stream. I mean, you could listen at work. No, no. I, but, but driving but, is a great time for Driving it. is like is like where you, you're not, your brain's not off, but it's focused on, it's like one, it's one you sense. You can listen, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. about all. Yeah. Yeah. I do that uh, for me. It's you know walking since I walk everywhere. Every time right. I leave my house, my my earbuds are in and I'm listening to a podcast. You're also like kind of able to walk to work where like mine. I have to go underground, so like if I'm like oh in I want to listen to Planet Money, I can listen to the first five minutes of Planet Money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, conveniently they're usually seventeen minutes. I'll I'll recommend one new podcast that was called How I Built This. That's a good one. It's with various CEOs or company leaders, and it's. Showing it's talking about how they made their company and what they went through and on the backs of the working class. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it's interesting. Sometimes, and sometimes it was on their own backs for a long, 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 long time. Like I the guy no who made edible arrangements. Like. That dude was like poor immigrant dude that just worked at a flower shop through a system of invisible privilege and redlining. <laughs> hey, this guy was a fucking immigrant, a Middle Eastern immigrant. I don't necessarily think he had. Invisible privilege and redlining. Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. Well, there's a the new podcast has been out for a couple of years that I I just recently discovered that my wife and I super super love is called Tell Me Something I Don't Know, and uh, it's by the same team that does uh, the Freakonomics podcast. It's a really really good sort of like game show format podcast, but it's where they they'll have like three contestants on stage. The contestants will be like you know. Uh, some like big thinkers or whatever that are out there and then they'll have somebody from the audience come up and try to tell those three people something that uh, they think they didn't know that relates to the uh that relates to the top whatever the topic of the evening is and it's with a live it's with a live audience and everything like that and it has it has a really friendly and very funny vibe to it you know it's a little bit like uh a little fun. bit like something like wait wait don't tell me but yeah, not quite sure. so slapsticky and and it's a lot more educational and inspirational it's a very very good podcast and they're I think they're on their third season since I just discovered I had like two seasons to binge on and I binged on it like crazy because it was so good there you go that's tell me something I don't know uh, so I want all those and also rate us on iTunes yep <laughs> while you're rating <laughs> those podcasts that are better than ours podcast so <laughs> I don't even know what it is anymore it's, 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 it's the podcast it's just app. Pack podcast Apple it's podcast app yeah rate us on Apple podcasts yep rate us on Apple podcasts and then 
go out. I think there you also, also have to leave reads. text. I think I don't think you can just read. No, you actually. I think you actually have to do. Just say yeah. so good. Um, <laughs> no, say hey guys. <laughs> Better uh, than NPR. Hello, hey everybody. Hello and welcome to my rating of this podcast. <laughs> uh, you can forget what the episode number is in your review. <laughs> Letters at eatsleepdustgame dot com. Oh, oh yes. other, other thing. Uh, there is a big old fire in the Bay Area. Um, Specifically, the North Bay uh, mm-hmm. this last week, and also Southern California. And also Southern California, um, and uh, a lot of the misconceptions I think were that this was wine country that was burning, which partially it was. A lot of it was very low income housing uh, for the people that work in that area, specifically like Hispanic neighborhoods. Uh, the Sonoma County Resilience Fund is something that my mom is helping out with that is getting some grants, nice um, to help those people out. Uh, you, and it's you, always better to send money. Yeah, send money. Right now they ha- right now they they still need a lot of supplies, but a lot of those supplies are coming from local people. Um, I just mean logistically getting supplies in is yes. sometimes a pain in the ass. Yes, exactly. And money lets them just buy it from yeah. suppliers they know. So yeah, nice. Um, What's it called again? It's Sonoma County Resilience Fund. Resilience. The Sonoma County Resilience Fund. Um, so if you have a little bit to throw down, throw down for that. Um, you know, we're all Northern California. My, uh, my compatriot, uh, Area 5 co-founder, Jason Bertrand, he now lives out in Illinois with his wife, but he's from Sonoma. His parents and a bunch of his friends and stuff all had to evacuate their homes. And I don't know that this was the cause, but I'll take this to say something that drives me crazy. Hmm. Throwing your cigarette out the window is fucking littering. I know so many people who would never litter and throw a piece of garbage. But they will throw every cigarette, but every cigarette they smoke and just throw it right on the fucking ground. PG and yeah. believe it's downed power lines that started something. All right. Hmm. Regardless, that always drives me crazy because I see people do that in the fucking like woods driving on the road. I'm like, that's fucking what Smokey warns us about. Yeah, right? seriously. There. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires, goddammit. Yeah. And I just think that everyone has this perception that that is not littering because it's so little, maybe, or something in their mind tells them it's not littering. I, you know? I cannot tell you the number of times that I've walked down the street and stomped out a lit, burning cigarette because, like, yeah, that's sitting on the sidewalk. That could start a fucking fire. You don't know where that's going to end up. Not to mention, I just feel like, like there are a lot of well-to-do people in San Francisco who would probably buy organic, do this, do that, but they'll still smoke on a curb and just, again, they yep. just throw it on the ground because they just don't yep. think of it as litter. There's well, just if, weird you've ever, if you've ever lived with a heavy smoker, like you'll know that like uh, it's like relegated to the outside balcony or whatever. Well, that's that smoker's spot now. You never get to go out there because it's going to be entirely filled with ash and cigarette butts. You right. have no way around it. Right. It's really fucking awful. Yeah. So... My my point to you is don't do that. My brother was like the only person I ever knew who I used to watch him put out a cigarette and then he'd like put it in a pocket until I could throw it away. Yeah. Like so, I, my, uh, like I have a couple family members that were like that too. So yeah. just one of those things that always drives me crazy. And I, but, and I, like I said, I didn't know what caused the fire, but I was like, that's such an easy way to start that, fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, you can send us your letters and also we're all over the internet. I'm on Twitter at Chuff Money and you can find me at the same thing slash Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chuff Money on, tw- on <laughs> Question Twitch. Mark? <laughs> I stream a lot there most every night lately, so go there. Nice. Uh, give me give the channel a follow. Arthur is uh, A-E-G-I-E-S on Twitter, and you can follow him at Pragmagic on Instagram if you want to see the art that he's doing now that he's a master's student at the arts. <laughs> of the arts. You're, <laughs> no, you're not a master of the arts yet. Master's you, student of the arts. Yep. Uh, no, 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 no. Master's student, yep. 
So I don't know how I can be at the arts. That's cool. <laughs> You're at the arts. You go to the arts every day. Or where's Arthur? He's at the fucking arts. Not tomorrow, but so. not tomorrow. Canceled uh, due to smog. Really? Yeah. yeah. Class canceled from the smoke. The air quality in San Francisco tomorrow is expected oh, to be worse than it's crazy. maybe. I mean, ever the air been. quality is red for the whole day, so I'm yeah. like, even my work, which has an HVAC system. Yeah. People were wearing masks today. Yeah, it's so, not a bad idea. Yeah. And my, uh, th- this is the worst I've ever seen it since when I was a very, very little kid. I was telling Arthur this earlier. I don't know if you guys remember. Do you remember the Yellowstone fires? No. Like, there was, ba- there was a time where basically no all of... No one was Ye- alive then. Right? <laughs> it was so long ago. All of Yellowstone Park basically went up in flames. It was insane. And it was attributed to the fact that, you know, they... The, the firefighting had been too effective, so there was like lots That's of underbrush smoke. that like hadn't been cleared, you oh, know. Sure. Um, and basically, ironically, uh, overabundance of effective firefighting had made the forest just ready to burn. Ready to burn, and so uh, tons and tons of it burned. And it was just on the other side of the Rockies from where I lived in Idaho. And our family ranch up there, which which is an original homestead. I remember we went up there while the fires were going up. You could literally see the flames above the Rockies. That's crazy. That, like the mountains themselves were just big fires. Yeah, they were. Well, the mountains were a fire break from Yellowstone Park. Sure. It was insane. And so, you know, we went back to the from the ranch down in the mountains into the lower part of uh, southeastern Idaho. And it seriously looked like uh, like a volcano had blown up or something because the sky was so dark and like ash falling from the sky and like we got some of that sometimes in southern california with the southern california fires that happen yeah, the great vine some ice. gets torched and right but it wouldn't last very long and, yeah. and 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 sometimes the winds would blow out into the ocean right and so you wouldn't necessarily get like the ash coating right like in your area like and, like resting and we yeah. haven't got the ash coatings here but like the there's been but, there was some there was some the first day yeah but it has been like like the the haze and the smoke it looks like it looks like los angeles on its worst oh days. my god you can feel it you can smell it it's everywhere yeah it's funny that uh the smell and everything kind of like reminded me of um the smell of what I went when I went to India because mm. a lot of India smells like that because they a lot burn. Of, there's they burn a lot of trash mm. and other similar things and that kind of reminds me of how lucky we are to have very very clean air compared to <laughs> Shanghai a lot of developing worlds yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so the, just, it's one of those things that reminds you that like when I wasn't lucky it was infected by the fire and nah man I heard it was just wine bottles and weed farms anyways that were burning <laughs> so whatever yeah that, it was definitely was not <laughs> yeah I know but that's like news articles you see sometimes yeah it, it was which was upsetting because I like I knew there's a bunch of working class families that were yeah are just got their houses completely devastated well right. maybe when we pull the troops out of Puerto Rico because they've been there way too fucking long we can put them in California so right exactly because <laughs> it's a zero-sum game. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's it. That's, that's good it. enough. That's it. Matt to Talking Orange James is at James underscore Faulkner. Give him a follow. All right. Have a good, nice life. Remember that you have much to be thankful for and be thankful for it. We're out. We're thankful for you. We love you.
do 17. That yeah. is... I mean, I hope... an old guy. I hope... Yeah. I hope PP lives to be 17. Yeah, and our cat, I and feel our like, cat only has one eye now. I feel like cats can go pretty much any time between the ages of 10 to 20. It, it's just any time. Yep. It's on borrowed time. Pretty much. And, it, and it always comes out of nowhere. Like yeah. I feel like it very rarely is like, oh, I see it coming. It's like, oh, yeah, they're kind of older, and they're getting by, they're getting by. Oh, they're fucking dead. <laughs> they're just dead. I think for like, indoor cats, it's actually... <laughs> my parents' indoor cats, I'm just talking from my whole life, sometimes it was 10. Sometimes twenty. Sometimes it was ten. It was like they just had liver failure. We're not sure why. Yeah, ladies, well, a you can stiff. you can see it. You can see it coming a lot if they because uh, most cats start experiencing liver failure at some point, and so they just start drinking tons and tons and tons of water, and then like you know their days are numbered. Hmm. Both of my cats drink a ton of water and always have. Yeah, but it, it's the kind of it's the kind of thing where they drink so much water. That uh, it, it annoys you because you hear them drinking water so much. PB lives out in the garage, so I don't know, but I feel like she has been drinking a lot of water. Yeah. I mean, she could have a, some, some a, kidney failure. I don't know. Yeah, that's what it is. Not liver failure, kidney failure. Right. My uh, family cat, Kiki, uh, went out to live with my mom when she moved up to uh, Hillsburg. And I went to a wedding recently with, with, uh, with like, uh, for a cousin. And I was, like, talking with my sister, because she and I hadn't caught up in a while. And I was talking about Kiki, and she was like, oh, Kiki died. And I was like, what? No one told you. <laughs> and my, no one in my family oh. told me that the cat had died, <laughs> like, six months prior. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'm going to need some time to process this. <laughs> yeah. Aww. She was, she she was she was like twenty, but sure, the, but I still, s- I yeah. suppose most cats do. Oh, their 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 kidneys old. also probably fail over a period of time. I bet it's probably yeah. not overnight. And is and isn't the record like twenty four or something, something like that? that yeah. yeah. I wish cats were like turtles. Live to be seventy <laughs> or chihuahuas or a hundred. No one's actually <laughs> sure how long a cat lasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just have good cats. Or yeah, lady is a lady is a terrific oh cat that lets you pet is her like crazy. We want our, we want cats to be like lobsters, ideally. Yep. As far as we know, lobsters have no lifespan. That's the that's the dream right there. Well, so if you want if you want a really good pet, you can have forever. Get a lobster. Well, then there's that one type of jellyfish that actually uh, <laughs> there's a there's a jellyfish that is effectively immortal, mm-hmm. where it uh, basically it returns to a stage where like it becomes a juvenile egg on the seafloor and then rebirths itself over and over again that, that's fucked that's up that's crazy yep that's kind of like self-cloning yep now we have to write a science fiction plot about that about a human who combined those particular jellyfish yeah but i don't want to return to a baby state you just want to keep going no, but you'd be fine with it if, like, you know, you that's, got to you got to retain, like, you know, your your mental. That's info where or the whatever. lobster is superior. The lobster just keeps living. Yeah, it's true. As long as disease or a predator doesn't get it. Yeah, I, I think I, the I oldest one they ever had was like a hundred years. Hmm. But it's like those blue lobsters. I mean, any lobster. The difference between us and a lobster, well, many, <laughs> is that their DNA doesn't degrade when it splits. <laughs> no, that's not what I heard. As a matter of fact, we're out some a little bit now and then. You'll be able to to watch that because the Charlie Brown Halloween special is soon. 
My fiance has all the holiday specials on one booklet of discs. It's not the same when you're not watching it with too many commercials. <laughs> mm. yeah, waiting that... to see what other Halloween specials will follow it. <laughs> I do remember that as a kid watching, you know, Charlie brown holiday specials and like just hoping there was another cartoon on afterwards and then i remember watching it would be some stupid adult musical thing and my brother and i would turn it off i remember watching Ernest holiday specials (laughs) i'm a little bit older all right let's talk about some fucking video games i guess if you don't want to talk about the garfield christmas special i mean Ernest Ernest was definitely both of our time frames (laughs) Ernest was like right at the tail end of his stuff when I was like nine. That's what I mean. Yeah, mm. he's at the tail end of his stuff when I was already in high school and too cynical uh, to watch any of it. Ernest goes to jail. Uh, Ernest say Ernest saves Halloween. I, yeah, yeah, the one where he fights a bunch of goblins. Yeah, tro- <laughs> they were trolls, I think. Right? Sure. I don't know. The one thing that the one thing that I did take away from Ernest saves Christmas is his rendition of "Oh Christmas Tree," where every lyric was "Oh Christmas Tree," and you realize that that entire song can be sung like that. 